my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Okay, here we go, guys. Kick it off now on a Saturday morning, 11.45 a.m. It is BK here. Thanks, everybody, for checking out the podcast. Uh, That was Nipsey Hustle. We're going to talk about that case in a minute. Uh, Please follow me on Twitter at BK Actual Podcast and follow me on Instagram at BK Actual. Also, a quick announcement before I get into the news. Uh, Next week's podcast is going to be on a Friday evening because, of course, the next Saturday, next Saturday, is when I'm doing the event with SOCOM Athlete, and we're going to uh, have a little PT test and a little hell day for aspiring special operators. And yes, there will be most likely some special mysterious guest instructors. So all you guys who show up to that, uh, I know you're going to knock it out of the park. Just stay motivated, and it uh, should be a good time. So why don't we get into the news this week? And I want to start with is nothing like... So nothing, nothing like huge happened like right before this week's podcast. So, you know, you have to kind of go back a little bit and see like, well, where's like some of the bigger stories that were, I'm interested in, but really didn't get enough play, I thought. And one of these is this basically security breach slash possible espionage that hit Mar-a-Lago, of course, Trump's house down in Florida. And you had the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, linking that breach by a Chinese national with a broader threat, he said, that China poses to the United States. Now, Pompeo told CBS News he couldn't comment directly on the breach, which is under investigation, but said that the incident tells the American people the threat that China poses, the effort they're making here inside the United States, not only against government officials, but more broadly. And you guys know, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, I cover quite a bit the espionage attempts by China. And here is what I was about to say. Pompeo immediately pivoted to the large-scale intellectual property theft of which U.S. officials have vocally accused China for years now. And Pompeo's pegging that uh, cost of the theft of American IP to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars. And so he's kind of keeping tight-lipped on it. But so they're saying, like, look, is this security breach related to IP theft? And Pompeo keeps saying, look, I can't say anything about that particular incident. But it is being looked at closely. And the Secretary of State's comments come just two days after President Donald Trump kind of downplayed that security incident, calling it a fluke. So recall... According to the criminal complaint filed against a Chinese national named Yu Jing Zhang at around noon on Saturday last week, she appeared at a Secret Service checkpoint outside the president's country club and presented two Chinese passports. Now, there was some confusion over whether she was a relative of a club member. And then the Mar-a-Lago staff were the ones who cleared her through that checkpoint, the complaint says. And then she went through a second Secret Service checkpoint, this one where she was screened by a magnetometer for weapons or explosives before making her way to the club's reception area. Only there did a receptionist discover Zhang was not on the club's access list and called the Secret Service back. (laughs) That's pretty funny. So she slipped through all the security, and it was just some receptionist 
some uh, sitting at a desk who was like, oh, by the way, uh, this person's not supposed to be here. So when the Secret Service came back, Zhang said she had been told to attend a United Nations Chinese American Association event, also referred to as a United Nations Friendship event, that night at Mar-a-Lago by a Chinese friend named Charles. Now, this event was not on the club's schedule. President Trump was in Florida at the time, but he was off-site at a golf course while this was going on. Now, since her arrest, one focus of speculation has been on the detail in the complaint about the electronics that Zhang purportedly had on her, including four cell phones, a laptop, and especially a thumb drive that the Secret Service said a preliminary, (laughs) preliminary analysis showed contained malware. And a former U.S. official familiar with cybersecurity told ABC News, It's difficult to tell what sort of threat the malware posed without knowing exactly what it was. You know, like, is this just run-of-the-mill malicious code that is not uncommon to find on thumb drives? Or is this something more sophisticated that's meant to eventually make its way to sensitive official networks? Uh, One Chinese espionage expert named James Mulvenon called the incident troubling, but said he was doubtful it was part of a greater plot citing what would have been terrible tradecraft for an actual intelligence operation. Now, Zhang also told a Florida court she works as a consultant to a Chinese investment firm. She has not been accused of any espionage-related crimes so far. She faces charges for purportedly lying to federal agents. She had initially said there was, she was there to visit the pool before allegedly changing her story, and for entering a restricted area. She appears to have a public defender as of the time this story was written. The Chinese government said on Thursday it had been notified of the arrest and is providing consular assistance to her. Hmm. So what is this? Is this a crazy person or is this something bigger? Hard to tell. Uh, let's... And here was an, this guy, guys, and I'm guilty of this one, too. I, okay, I, in my defense, I believe I did mention this story a couple weeks back, but I haven't kept up on it. And I saw this headline, and it's just so bizarre. And this is world news, as everybody knows. Have you seen this, the election that's going on in Ukraine right now? Yeah, it's bizarre. And I, I think I told you guys, like, a comedian who played the part of the president is actually running in the, re, the real election now. So it's, it's uh, just re- getting very meta. And now, how about this headline from CNN? <laughs> Ukraine president takes drug test before debating comedian in 70,000-seat stadium. That's right. He's the incumbent, okay? And the comedian, the challenger, is uh, Voldemort Zelensky. And uh, the incumbent name is Petro Poroshenko, okay? Thank you, CNN, for making me scan five paragraphs ahead to find out the fucking guy's name, the actual president. Thank you for that. Great writing. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so don't start with me, CNN. Jesus, I'm just getting started here. Okay, so yeah, this is this is bizarre. So the 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 challenger, they both underwent blood tests on live television ahead of this debate. Now the comedian Zelensky, he's he has no political experience, 
And as I said, he played the role of the country's president on a sitcom for three years. And he is the front runner in the race after winning the first round of voting. I guess they have rounds there or primary of some kind. Now, a drug and alcohol test was one of his conditions for taking part in a debate with the incumbent president, Poroshenko, as Poroshenko seeks to make up ground ahead of the runoff on April 21st. Uh, He's been president since 2014, and he agreed to the stipulation, and he was live streaming his (laughs) drug test on Facebook. Uh, reporters watched on a television screen as the test took place in another room at Kiev's Olympic Stadium where the debate is set to take place, as per another of Zelensky's demands. Now, the initial results have come back negative, doctors said, and Zelensky took his own test at a private clinic after refusing Poroshenko's offer to take them together. Hmm. Okay, so did he do his live I mean, he is a comedian, right? Aren't they all, like, drug addicts? I just assume they're all drug addicts. Uh, So this incident ensured the race between the two candidates descended further into a media spectacle, which will only continue when the two face off in a debate inside that 70,000-seat stadium. That is the nation's largest arena, and it has just been renovated for the uh, Euro 2012 soccer tournament, right? So it's up to date. Now... This has huge domestic interest in this race. Uh, the TV show that Zelensky starred in is called Servant of the People, and it's available now on Netflix if you want to uh, go check it out. He stars as a down-and-out school teacher who unexpectedly becomes president of Ukraine. And when he jumped in the polls, everybody kind of dismissed him as a joke. But he dominated the first round of voting in March. He picked up 30% of votes cast compared to Poroshenko's only 16%. And meanwhile, Ukraine has all kinds of problems, including this kind of proxy war they have with Russia. So that's what's going on with Ukraine. Guys, who else is telling you what's going on in the world? I keep telling you, nobody. I'm the only guy. That's all you get. And let's pivot quickly now from the Ukraine to Nipsey Hussle. As I said, the hip-hop artist who was shot and killed, this sadly, this week. And on Tuesday afternoon, a couple days back, the LAPD did announce that it had arrested Eric Holder, a 29-year-old Los Angeles man whom authorities have identified as a suspect in the, that Sunday killing of rapper Nipsey Hussle. Uh, Now, he was first arrested by police in the city of Bellflower in the L.A. area. How funny is it that his name is Eric Holder, huh? Now, according to a police statement issued on Monday, it is believed that Holder walked up to three men in front of Marathon Clothing. That is the 33-year-old Nipsey Hussle's store in the Crenshaw area of South L.A. and fired numerous times at them. And then Holder then allegedly fled the shooting as the passenger in a white 2016 Chevy Cruze driven by an unidentified woman. Uh, As of the latest uh, of this story, which was just updated, they have no updates on that woman. And they kind of spelled it out based on video evidence and witness statements. So Holder allegedly at one point spoke to Nipsey Hussle, right? Then he left the area and came back with a gun. 
uh, and the authorities added that police believe there was some kind of dispute between the two guys, some kind of argument, right? And I think TMZ had some stuff on there about that. Uh, Moore said, the spokesperson for the cops, in answering a question from the media that the LAPD believes that Holder is a gang member, and Nipsey Hussle, of course, has a past gang history, but they don't know if it's like gang-related in any way. Uh, Nipsey Hussle, a little bit about him. He was Grammy-nominated artist. He was born Ermias Ashgadam, and he's a longtime community philanthropist and activist, so... That's a bummer. And then, you know, they had the, did you see they had the vigil? And there was a stampede at it because somebody in the, somebody in the crowd uh, who was armed either brandished or displayed a gun and then another person was attempting to disarm him to protect the crowd. Well, so people started fleeing in terror. And I think I tweeted out some of the footage. And 13 people had sustained injuries as attendees fled. Uh, one of them, seriously enough to be hospitalized. So most of them were injured by falls, sprains, and being cut by glass. Oh, uh, the cop spokesman said that some in the crowd were throwing glass at the police. That's nice. God, what is wrong with people, man? Uh, so Nipsey Hussle, shot by a guy. He's dead, 33. It's too bad. Rest in peace. How about this one, you guys? This is crazy to me. And you know what? Honestly, this story, I had like, this had dropped off my radar completely. I forgot how long ago this is. You guys remember that 2015, the biker shootout at the Twin Peaks restaurant? It was a huge case. That left nine people dead and 20 injured, right? Well, check this out. Prosecutors said on Tuesday, all remaining criminal cases will be dismissed from that 2015 incident. Ending a four-year prosecutorial fiasco, writes the Waco Tribune, that resulted in zero convictions. And, of course, this was in uh, Waco, Texas. Now, the DA said he will dismiss the remaining 24 criminal cases to end this nightmare that we have been dealing with in this county since May 17, 2015 is when it happened. So his decision means that nobody's going to be held accountable for, for anything, for the killing or injuring bikers or engaging in a huge gun battle in a shopping center parking lot. It was on a Sunday. It was like Sunday during lunchtime. That is great. Nine people killed, 20 injured, and nobody is going to go to jail. This is unbelievable. And the DA basically said, like, look, we're looking over all these cases that we have. We have 24 cases that we're left with, and it is his opinion that he's not going to be able to prosecute any of these cases and reach our burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, this guy inherited this case, this DA. He, he inherited the Twin Peaks cases. He just took office in January, and he said he had spent 75% of his time since then with a team of prosecutors and investigators trying to determine how to resolve these remaining cases. Now, remember, right after this happened, 200 bikers were arrested on all kinds of charges, whatever they could get them on, right? And they were held on huge bonds, like $1 million each. Then they sought indictments against 155 of the bikers. And they tried, they actually did go to trial on one of a guy named Jacob Carazal. And he was the 
chapter president of the Banditos Biker Gang, the Banditos Dallas County chapter, right? So his case ended in a mistrial in November 2017, with most of the jurors in his case favoring acquittal. No other defendant has been tried since that one. Wow. <laughs> and apparently that is what this new DA, this guy, uh, Barry Johnson, when he was running, he actually hammered the district attorney in that who was then district attorney Abel Reyna. And this guy was like hammering you, saying, look, you're totally incompetent. So he won the election, and now he's like, I can't prosecute anybody. Hmm. I'm just I'm scrolling through this. This is a very long story, and you guys should go uh, check out all of this. I'm just trying to find out why they couldn't find a single guy. And it's mostly like a big back and forth, you know, between the former DA and the current DA. And uh, there's a lot, not a lot of sympathy for a bunch of, you know, bikers, obviously. And like, who are you going to, are you going to arrest a bunch of cops? I mean, it's, it's crazy. Now, uh, uh, more than 130 of the bikers, interestingly enough, have filed civil rights lawsuits pending against former DA Reyna, former Waco Police Chief Brent Stroman, the city of Waco, McLennan County, and individual local and state officers who were involved in the arrests. And one Dallas attorney represents about 120 of those bikers in those lawsuits. And his name's Don Tittle. And Don Tittle said, maybe if law enforcement had stuck with the original plan to focus on individuals who might have been involved in the violence and let the rest of the motorcyclists go after being interviewed, things would have gone differently. So, wow, this is crazy. Well, I don't know. Yeah, they, I guess, I guess, not, how, how do nine people die and 20 get injured in a shootout and nobody goes to jail? Uh, crazy. I don't know, guys. How about the speaking of shootouts? Let's go to something that we all know and love. Let's turn to Afghanistan. And a large attack by the Taliban in western Afghanistan on Thursday killed at least 30 soldiers and police officers. Afghanistan Afghan officials said in a sign of intensifying spring fighting across the country, despite those American efforts to reach that peace deal, which I've uh, talked about. That's still going on. Hundreds of Taliban fighters stormed the center of Bala Mugrab district in Badgis province in the pre-dawn hours, according to the district governor. And he said the insurgents surrounded the police forces in the governor's office and soldiers on an army base. And uh, the spokesman for him said both sides suffered casualties in the attack. He did not provide casualty numbers. He did say, quote, the security situation is very bad there, end quote. I bet it is. Um, the Taliban have been making inroads into this district. They reached its bazaar, and they attacked five different security outposts. 21 soldiers were taken prisoner by the insurgents during the attack on Thursday, a few days ago, according to a member of the Afghan parliament. And he said this Afghani parliament guy named Ziadun Akazi. He said the district will collapse to the Taliban if reinforcements do not arrive. Okay, well, Jesus. 
I, I kind of, I got, I got nothing in me, guys, for for Afghanistan. I really don't. What do you say at this point? You know, what is there to say? Oh yeah, any day now, right? Any day, we're gonna we're gonna turn that all around, and everything's gonna be great. Uh, how about this? Did you know it's it's been twenty five years since the genocide in Rwanda? And it's pretty crazy to think about. 25 years ago, on April 7th, 1994, the dominant Hutus of Rwanda turned in a well-planned attack on the Tutsi minority, whom they held to be traitors. 100 days later, when the killing finally stopped, the death toll stood as many as 1 million people. Mostly those Tutsis, but also including some moderate Hutus who had opposed the bloodletting. It was considered a shocking scale of fatalities. But all that did was unleash a bunch, too. It wasn't even the end. Because once that got started, it washed into the Democratic Republic of Congo. And that has been going on still, like forever. So, And the New York Times, man, they've got, some cr- they've got this uh, article... If you want to Google it, uh, just Google Rwanda marks 25 years since the genocide. The country is still grappling with its legacy. And you just, there's this picture after picture of like corpses and bodies and all kinds of stuff. Now, remember the United States, who had recently suffered the humiliation of their soldiers being killed in Mogadishu, had no appetite to intervene during any of this. You know, remember that there was all that unfolded all over the nightly news how we lost all those guys. And then uh famously made if you guys don't know by the movie Black Hawk Down depicted that attack. And there was absolutely no way right after that happened that the American public was going to be sold on going on a military adventure into Africa and trying to work it out. And that was during President Bill Clinton's uh, term in office. And he did say he regretted not getting involved, but what are you going to do? You know, it's not, they, I don't know. It's like, we're, we're in Afghanistan 20 years. You know, what would you have done in Africa? We'd still be over there. Uh, but it's a tough call. It's a tragedy. Go read up on that history of the Rwandan genocide sometime. It's unbelievable. How about this name from the past? And... I forgot about this, and my I, I sorry I didn't put it next to my story, but uh, just returning to the subject really quick. Do you guys remember Chris Darden? Yeah, who's Chris Darden? He was the O.J. Simpson prosecutor, of course, famously, and he's going to be defending the suspect in Nipsey Hussle's killing, Eric Holder. Christopher Darden is defending Eric Holder. Pretty wild, man. You know what he's been doing uh, since the Simpson trial? Well, he actually left the DA's office, and he worked as a law professor. And he was a co-writer on several legal thrillers, like novels, and uh, that got very good reviews. So that's kind of what he's been uh, been doing. So now he is a defense attorney. So just shout out to Christopher Darden. There's a blast from the past I haven't heard about in a long time. Pretty wild. Let's turn to some politics. And I don't know if you, and some of you, a bunch of you guys sent me this story, and I'm going to play the clip in a minute. But did you see basically a bunch of Democratic politicians 
went to kiss the ring of Al Sharpton and his National Action Network, or NAN. And they all came to his hotel ballroom to kind of get his blessing, is what you want to call it. Kamala Harris was there. Uh, John Hickenlooper was there. Bernie Sanders was there. All the big names. Which is funny because remember, Alex uh, Al Sharpton is still considered a quite respectable member of society in liberal democratic circles. Isn't that funny? Remember when he was the about the Crown Heights riot and he was like, "Yeah, tell the Jews to uh, pin their yarmulkes back and come to see me if they want to get it on." Remember that? Yeah, he was all about it. I'm sure he's mellowed. Remember when he was a huge fat ass? He weighed like 350 pounds. And he wore all those track suits, and now he's like. Now he looks like he weighs like 90 friggin' pounds. It's kind of creepy, actually. So anyway, they all went to this meeting. And making an appearance also was Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez. And many people are accusing her of putting on like a sort of uh, black African-American inflection on her voice. So I, I purposely have not listened to this at all. I'm going to play the clip, and you guys tell me if she's using a phony voice and uh, what you think. Here we go. Let's, uh... I'm proud to be a bartender. Ain't nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with working retail, folding clothes for other people to buy. There is nothing wrong with preparing the food that your neighbors will eat. There is nothing wrong with driving the buses that take your family to work. There is nothing wrong with being a working person in the United States of America. And there is everything dignified about it. I, in fact, am encouraged when people remind the country of my past, not because of anything about my story, but because it communicates that if I could work in a restaurant and become a member of the United States Congress, so can you. So can you. I didn't really think it was that bad. Uh, and honestly, you know what, even if it was kind of bad, I'm going to tell you, like, it's easy. You you do end up mimicking people if you're, in, if you're like, around a crowd like that for a long time. Shit, dude, everybody, it's, like, natural, dude. I remember way back in the day, like a long time ago, I was a salesman for a medical device company. I, one of my accounts was D.C. General Hospital. I think it's closed now in Washington, D.C., in the district. Now, you can imagine everybody there was black. Doctors were black. Nurses were black. Anesthesiologists were black. Everybody was black. I was this young-ass white dude, you know, in the operating room, you know, just fucking helping him with the instruments and all that crap. And, uh... You know, so naturally I got to know all the nurses pretty good because I'm trying to help them help the doctor. And so they like invite me. Uh, they had like a potluck one time, like off, uh, off out of the hospital, you know, and since I was there so much, they invited me to come along. You know, I'm like this little white kid. I'm like, uh, yes, well, thank you very much for the invitation. And then, like three hours later, after being around all the black doctors and nurses, I'm like, oh, no, girl, uh-uh. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a natural thing to do. Same thing when I've been around, you know, when I'm around all the rednecks in the military and all the contracting world. You know, when you're around them, same thing. I come in, I'm like, hello, it's very nice to meet you, gentlemen. Uh, I'm glad to be here. And then a couple hours later, you're like, nah, that dog don't hunt. You know, you're just, you kind of go along. So I'm going to defend her a little bit here is my long way of saying this. 
And honestly, it wasn't even that bad. It was definitely not as bad as when Hillary Clinton was doing it. Remember that? When she was like, I was in no ways tired. Remember Hillary doing that? That was great. I miss Hillary. Whatever happened to her? She's still around? <laughs> let's continue, though, with the uh, political news. And Joe Biden. Okay, let's give you a Joe Biden update. I still stand by my prediction he's not going to run. I made that prediction. Stick him by it. I could be wrong, and I actually hope I'm wrong, because he will promote... It'll be hilarious watching old Joe Biden grapple with the realities of the modern Democratic Party. Uh, but yeah, they have a running list of allegations, helpfully spelled out. <laughs> Lucy Flores, that was part of the essay I read last week. Uh, somebody named Amy Lapos uh, claimed that Biden touched and rubbed his nose against hers during a political fundraiser. That's weird. Uh, a woman named DJ Hill, who said Biden rested his hands on her shoulders and started to move it down her back, which left her feeling very uncomfortable. And uh, touching thighs. Anyway, there's, this long, there's a long list. There's like 10 chicks on this list already. So is Biden, does he, you know what? And I'm not saying, like, it's not the worst thing in the world, okay? But it is creepy, especially with the kids. You know, that's the thing that got me is when he's like touching all the little kids. And, you know, there was one clip. I don't know if you guys saw it on the internet, but it was he like, he like meets a woman. He shakes her hand. Then he reaches up to like touch her chin and she jerks her head away a little bit. I'm like, dude, why are you touching women in the face that you don't know? Uh, you know what? You shake hands with a woman you don't know. If it's somebody you've worked on the campaign trail with along, you know, you know her a long time. You've worked together. You've had interactions before. A nice, polite hug is certainly appropriate. Uh, don't fucking grab people from behind and sniff their hair and touch their face. I don't even know if that was acceptable, like, like a long... I don't... It was never acceptable as far as I'm concerned, but apparently he thinks it's no big deal. Anyway, so he put out a boring-ass apology, which was on Twitter. I'm not going to bother playing that one. Uh, but he did say, look, I'm not sorry for anything I've done. This is the way I roll. I, the fact of the matter is, I made it clear that if I made anyone feel comfortable, I feel badly about that. That was never my intention, ever, ever, ever. But there's someone who want to hear directly, I am sorry. Are you sorry for the way that you made these women feel? I'm sorry I didn't understand more. I'm not sorry for any of my intentions. I'm not sorry for anything that I have ever done. I've never been disrespectful intentionally to a man or a woman. Um, I, you know, it's, that's not the reputation I had since I was in high school, for God's sake. Okay, so does Joe Biden really want to do this? Does Joe Biden want to spend the next year and a half getting pummeled with this? Because right now, he goes, he's like the elder statesman, you know? He's, he's very respected. He's kind of universally beloved. Well, once you fucking get into this race, buddy, all that shit goes out the window. As a matter of fact, Biden thinks that probably correctly, it was one of his Democratic presidential rivals that probably, like, leaked all this to the press. You know, like saying, hey, yeah, you know, hey, you should check out uh, check out this check. Yeah, here's another one. Uh, did I have any other did I have any other audio on this one? Oh, uh, you know, that's Joe Biden. Too funny. Like, why would you why would you put yourself through this? Now, I wasn't the only person who's been on the media watch list of course we had my man uh robert benton o'rourke 
and he was out there, and uh, he said that basically uh, what we're doing right now is just like Nazi Germany. Yep, that's right, and he's talking about the border, so let's hear this guy. Here I compared we go. the rhetoric that the president has employed to rhetoric that you might have heard during the Third Reich. Uh, calling human beings an infestation is something that we might have expected to hear in Nazi Germany. Uh, describing immigrants who have um, a track record of committing violent crimes at a lower rate than native-born Americans as rapists <laughs> God, and criminals. This again. Seeking to ban all Muslims, all people of one religion. What other country on the face of the planet does that's that? That's not what happened. Or in yeah. our human history. It's not what happened. Or in the history of the Western world. Um, because they are somehow deficient or violent or a threat to us. Um, putting kids in cages. Mm. Uh, saying that neo-Nazis and Klansmen and white supremacists are very fine people. That's, that's also uh, you not You draw your what own conclusions. Uh, but this is not something that I expected to hear a president of the United States of America ever say. Oh, and change your shirt, dude. What's with He wears the same blue-collared shirt every time. And you see now he's wearing hats. This is his thing. He's, uh, he's wearing hats. I'm, I'm, why would you wear a hat? You look like a doof. And he's wearing them, like, inside, too, which is also weird. <laughs> Don't bait O'Rourke, man. Uh, now... Trump did visit the border as he struggles to contain it. And he also made some news with his withdrawal of a key figure into his administration. So obviously Trump campaigned on a promise to secure the border, but he's being battled by Congress now. A lot of this shit he could have done the first two years, but he didn't. And then they lost Congress, so now it's impossible. And he's tried to send the military, he's tried to sign an emergency declaration, and threatened to seal the border completely. And he also warned of a bunch of tariffs on cars made in Mexico if the country doesn't abide by his demands. Uh, so now he has unexpectedly pulled the nomination of Ron Vitiello to permanently lead U.S. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, ICE, where Mr. Vitiello has been acting director. And this abrupt reversal, writes the AP, was encouraged by Trump policy advisor Stephen Miller and seen by some as part of a larger effort to bring on aides who share Miller's hardline immigration policies. Okay, Stephen Miller, what do you want them to do? <laughs> I know I'm a broken record. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Until you change the laws, there's nothing you can do, period. ICE has, uh, I've reached out to my ICE contacts about this, and they have agreed that this was a bad move. I mean, you need some continuity. You need some calmness in the boss. All this yanking and replacing people, it's no good for the overall mission. You freaking get that? And believe me, ICE is carrying out deportation. They're carrying out like nonstop around. It's just not enough. They're just totally up against the wall. And once again, Democratic candidates for president just absolutely refuse to say anything that they would do. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, so, like I said, Trump went to the border and he decided to address the people coming to the border that are overwhelming the system. So let's hear this. This is our new statement. The system is full. Can't take you anymore. Whether it's asylum, whether it's uh, anything you want, it's illegal immigration, can't take you anymore. We can't take you. Our country is full. Our area is full. The sector is full. Can't take you anymore. I'm sorry. Can't happen. So turn around. That's the way it is. Uh, if you look at our southern border, uh, the number of people and the number of the amount of drugs 
Uh, human trafficking. The human trafficking is something that nobody used to talk about. I talk about it. It's a terrible thing. It's uh, ancient, and it's never been bigger than it is modern right now, today. Okay, so that's when he was basically at that kind of round table with the Border Patrol talking about the latest numbers. Uh, so, oh, I also wanted to play this other clip. So right before I started recording, right, I see, I check Twitter, and I see that MS-13 is trending, okay? Naturally, I wanted to see why. And it turns out because some dope took Trump's old clip. This is from like a year and a half ago. When Remember when Trump was talking about MS-13, he was calling them animals? And a lot of the media left out the part that he was talking about MS-13 and said that Trump was talking about all immigrants. As a matter of fact, I specifically remember the Associated Press, you know, big mainstream news media, they actually deleted their first tweet about it because they were misled by a deceptively edited video to believe that Trump was talking about all immigrants, which he clearly was not. He was talking about MS-13, guys. I'm going to play the clip for you. Uh, now, just to refresh your memory. If you're trying to come in, we're stopping a lot of them. But we're taking people out of the country. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals. And we're taking them out of the country at a level and at a rate that's never happened before. Okay, so you guys remember that, right? Well, anyway, some guy tweeted out, and now, for some reason, all the leftist politicians are tweeting out like, this is unacceptable language, mister. Like, all of them. It's like, this shit is coordinated, you guys. Get that through your head. There are no accidents. So now all these media people are tweeting out how outrageous it is in all these politicians that Trump used this dehumanizing language, even though it's from a year and a half ago. See how the, 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 the news is constantly fake. Unbelievable. And just a few quick uh, border-related news updates. Uh, the DHS has released more than 17,000 illegal immigrants in the United States in just 12 days. <laughs> so that's, they don't have anywhere to put them, so they're just letting them go. And remember, as I keep, you got to keep pointing out, of those, the vast majority will stay in the United States as opposed to previous generations and demographics who are easily deported and we can get rid of them. You, it's, a, it's a huge process. Got to change the law. Uh, meanwhile, we uh, they continue to add, we had one uh, illegal immigrant who is being accused of raping a woman in Boston. ICE has played a detainer on this Uber driver. The Massachusetts State Police actually did this. Uh, shout out to my man, former contracting buddy, who is now a Massachusetts State Trooper. But yes, they did. The state police received a report that a woman had been sexually assaulted by an Uber driver near Boston. And the investigation led to the arrest of the driver named Dauda Mayanja, 37, on two counts of rape. He is a citizen of Uganda and is an illegal immigrant. He has been had a detainer placed on him, so that's nice. And he's not the only one that was in the news. An admitted MS-13 gang member who had been booted from the United States after killing a man in Huntington. Uh, he was arrested again Tuesday. He's come back to Long Island. <laughs> only, if only there was some sort of physical barrier stopping them. That is William Umberto Martinez Chavez, 40 years old. He had been deported in 2017 
after he had been convicted of manslaughter and did time for the fatal stabbing of a man in May of 2000. Uh, but the MS-13 guy who's got all the tats on his chest and stomach, you can see in his mugshot, snuck back in the country and was nabbed in uh, Huntington on Tuesday. So, good. Oh, who did he kill? Oh, he uh, murdered, uh, not that it should matter, but the man he murdered was Jose Garcia, another Latino. Not that it should matter, but I'll just go ahead and keep pointing that out. And further, that's not even the only one. I got one more, you guys. An undocumented Honduran immigrant is being charged with killing a Peruvian nanny in a New Jersey park. Yep. Jorge Rios, 33, was charged with murder, felony murder, kidnapping, and aggravated sexual assault in the death of 45-year-old Carolina Cano. Uh, Yes, another Latina. Not that it should matter. Uh, They both lived close to the park, but he didn't know her. They're just saying that this chick went on a run and never came back. Ay. Oh, they have video evidence showing that Rios followed Kano as she runs in the park. She is wearing headphones in the footage. Oh, man. Gotta keep your head on a swivel, ladies. You don't know what's going on out there. Um, speaking of that, just uh, I just want to get through these quickly. I don't want to spend all day on the border stuff. But in case you're wondering, speaking of that, that quote-unquote Muslim ban... Uh, the Trump administration did grant some waivers. They've got, they've got some data in here. And they're saying, look, we, we have waivers. We have a waiver process. And they did grant waivers to just 6% of visa applicants subject to their travel ban in those handful of countries during the first 11 months of the ban. Okay, well, what's the problem? See, remember, remember all the outrage, you guys? Remember? The fucking marching on the airports and in the streets. All for people whose countries won't get with our program. We've repeatedly told them, get your ass in line with us and we'll take you off this list. And they don't. And we're like, okay, well then fucking too bad. And there is a waiver process and it worked. So what's the big freaking deal? Uh, it's all outrage all the time, you guys. Uh, now, there's another story in the Texas Tribune that says El Paso's safety net is feeling the strain thanks to all the illegal immigration. And I don't really have a lot of sympathy for them because I'm quite sure these are all like religious shelters and stuff. And I'm sure all of them are wildly in support of encouraging the illegals to keep coming. So I don't have any, I don't care about their problems. You fucking made your bed, lie in it. And also 280 workers were arrested in an ICE raid (laughs) near, uh, where is this, Dallas, and Allen specifically. This is the largest enforcement operation of its kind in a decade. Remember, ICE used to do this stuff all the time. I I don't think it was ICE back then. But yeah, they said that they got tips that people who are in the country illegally or using fake ID documents were employed at something called CVE Technology Group. This is a company that refurbishes cell phones and other technology. So they served a search warrant at the business uh, in, like I said, outside Dallas. But yeah, they took 280 people just about into custody. And... In case you're wondering, the last time it was this many people, in 2008, they took into custody 398 people 
at an Iowa slaughterhouse. And now let's turn to the important part, the company's management. What are they going to face for doing this, for encouraging this? They did not say, but employers previously found by ICE to have abusive and exploitive hiring practices have faced charges including alien harboring, alien smuggling, conspiracy, and money laundering. Good. Oh, yeah, they have to friggin' have a quote from a Dallas immigration attorney, right? God, get out of here. Uh, well, good. This is what they should be doing. These seem like, this sounds like kind of like nice, uh, nice jobs here. I'm sure the good people of Texas would like a job in a place like that. Why aren't they, why don't they get to work there? Um, okay. Is there anything else on the immigration that I just, I wanted, I really wanted to get to? No, that's good enough for this. Let's turn, let's turn to this one. I did tweet this one out too, at BK Actual Podcast. A California engineer has been arrested uh, on suspicion of trying to kill a coworker by poisoning her for more than a year. <laughs> Berkeley police arrested David Shu, 34, last week on charges of premeditated attempted murder resulting in great bodily injury and two counts of felony poisoning, according to jail records. Now, Xu is accused of poisoning the food and drink of Rong Yuan, a fellow engineer at Berkeley Engineering and Research, on multiple occasions over the course of 18 months. Prosecutors have so far not specified a motive for Xu's actions. Uh, so Yuan noticed a strange taste or smell coming from her food and water left unattended in her office. And after she, she came back, she then consumed the food anyway. Well, don't do that. And afterwards, she reported immediate and significant health problems that required emergency care. And then in November and December of last year, two of Yuan's relatives who were not identified also experienced health problems after drinking water from a bottle she brought home from work. Blood samples from all three people showed elevated levels of cadmium. Uh, ingesting food or water with high levels of cadmium, which is a silver-white metal found in the Earth's crust, severely irritates the stomach, leading to vomiting, diarrhea, and sometimes death. Uh, Yuan was eventually able to view surveillance footage from her office in which she says she saw this guy putting a substance into her water bottle. God, what a psycho, dude. Wow. He just fucking was tired of her shit, I guess. Oh, man. Crazy. It's a tough world out there. So let's... I, I also tweeted this one out because the headline alone just killed me. And here is the headline. Uh, Swallowing a partner's semen could help you have a baby, scientists claim. Wow. Hmm. How's that going to work? Yes, they do claim... Of through their vigorous research that women who regularly swallow their boyfriend or husband's sperm may be less likely to suffer miscarriages because they think that the ejaculate strengthens a pregnant woman's immune system and may even help fetuses grow healthy. Uh, semen, in case, you're, in case you're wondering, contains hormones and proteins from a man's body. 
meaning women may need to build up a tolerance to it. Okay, yeah, that's right. Unprotected sex is one way for women to get their bodies used to a loved one's sexual emissions. Nice phrase. But it's believed introducing semen to the digestive system may have a similar effect. Now, this was researchers from Leiden University Medical Center in the Netherlands, and they tested their theory by comparing their pregnancy history and oral sex habits of 234 women. The team believes that their results suggest a link between the oral sex and the birth of healthy babies. Oh, God, get out of here. (coughs) Is this real? Let me check that. That's what they say. So there you go, ladies. It's science. I'm just saying. The scientists said you don't want to be a science denier, right? Yeah, you want to have a baby. You don't want to miscarry. So you got to fucking let your man do the big finish. The big porno finish. You, You know how it's to come on. We all know what it is. I don't have to spell it out for you, ladies. You're all adults here. But that's what you got to do. So... Get on it, and I'm sure the scientists will vigorously pursue new research on that as well. Okay. <laughs> what else? Uh, let's turn to the homeless bums. There was, a, there, was, there was a few updates. I saw a lawsuit in Idaho, and this is a new decision that's being established as a precedent. Okay? So in, unless the Supreme Court steps in, this case... Martin versus City of Boise means that cities will not be able to arrest or punish people for sleeping on public property unless they provide adequate and relatively accessible indoor accommodations. This again. Unreal. The ruling means that there, unless there is enough shelter space for the homeless population of a city, such as Seattle or San Francisco, city officials cannot enforce anti-vagrancy laws or prohibition against camping in public parks or sidewalks. You freaking believe this, you guys? <laughs> you know, this is what they were trying to do this up in Orange County, right? And, and they, they had to bend over backwards for the SJW social justice warrior judge up there. And the city finally uh, was able to clean out a massive homeless camp only because they told the judge, look, we've been offering them. We have all these beds. Nobody wants to come in. Judge. You know why? Because they have rules at homeless shelters. You can't fucking do drugs in a homeless shelter. You can't drink in a homeless shelter. You can't have sex in a homeless shelter. They have rules. That's why they don't want to go in there. They don't want your rules. They want to live where they want. I don't know know how many more times I have to say this. Wow. And so, yeah, unless the Supreme Court steps in, this is what's coming to you. So now you can't, you're powerless now when a stinking vagrant sets up his tent right in front of the seawall, right in front of the beach. I can't do anything, but the cops can't do anything about it. It's freaking absurd. Ridiculous. Should have anti-vagrancy laws and just be able to arrest them over and over again. If they don't like it, then move along. Uh, So, what... uh, I'm just seeing about the, what the courts said specifically. The April 1st decision by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which covers nine states in the western U.S., I've talked about them many times, rejects a petition to challenge a September ruling on the case. The two-to-one decision by a panel of three judges means that the earlier decision by the court stands. 
an affirmation of the theory that criminalizing people for camping or sleeping in public without any place to go is illegal. And that'll, but then that'll be the next thing. They'll be like, well, we have all these beds. And then some goofball homeless advocate lawyer is going to be like, well, yeah, but you have all these rules. You don't let people do drugs, so you're not really accessible. So our lawsuit stands. They've actually proposed that out here. You guys know that, right? They have proposed setting up like sites for and homeless shelters that would allow homeless people to do their drugs. Yeah, I'm sure the freaking homeowners in that area would be thrilled with that. But not all is lost. There is some blowback uh, a little bit. Uh, my sister tells me quite a bit up in Seattle. They're getting fed up with that. Seattle is now the number one bum uh, destination in America, even worse than here. And San Francisco is getting sick of it. San Francisco Mayor London Breed was heckled and jeered during a raucous community meeting Wednesday to discuss a controversial homeless center proposal along the city's waterfront. You guys remember I talked about that last week. That's when those rich uh, homeowners got grief because they decided to start a GoFundMe and raise funds to fight this, and everybody was making fun of them. Uh, and and I made fun of them a little bit too because I'm sure they're all good liberals, but once it comes to their backyard, it's like, hell no. I'm like, dude, nobody wants this in their neighborhood, okay? Nobody. Nobody. Uh, so, but then again, the default position of the, of the activists and the SJW politicians is always like, well, we need to, we need to build places where they want to go. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you don't. There's a huge friggin' desert not far from where I live, okay? Like 40 miles inland. You can put them all out there, make your big bum colony, let them do whatever they want, let nature take its course. You don't get to get by the beach. Um, now, this area in question, remember, is represented by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Again, you know they're all good SJWs. Uh, city officials describe the planned facility. They want to occupy 44,000 square feet with this. Jeez. And London Breed, while she's trying to tell them the marvels of having uh, hundreds of homeless junkies in their neighborhood, uh, was eventually shouted down by critics and cut her address short. She said, either you let me speak or you leave. I can't continue, but I will stay and listen to the comments, blah, blah, blah. And that shelter would be open 24 hours a day. Uh, I, I, oh, that GoFundMe, as of a couple days ago, had raised $91,000. Of course, the doofuses, there's a competing fundraiser. That's raised even more, $162,000, to support the San Francisco Coalition on the Homelessness, who, of course, supports that plan. Um, yep. <laughs> Man, there's... You have to, I told my, I told my sister she should run for office, you guys. I'm dead serious. I'm like, you have to go in and you have to be forceful, but you can't be like mealy mouth about it. You have to like pull a Trump. Remember, Trump separated himself from the pack immediately, good or bad, for talking about the uh, Mexico. They're not sending their best. You know, all that speech immediately set himself apart from the pack as a blunt talking thing. You know, so like you can imagine the leftists who are running for office in Seattle for city council and for mayor, right? You will set yourself so apart if you would, if you say exactly what everybody knows but won't say. For like these people are not homeless, 
in the traditional sense of the word, they are uh, drug addicts, they have mental health problems, and they need to be removed from the streets. This can't happen. You guys just talk very plain and bluntly like that. Oh, boy. I don't know. Keeps going. Uh, the lawyers have asked the Vatican to denounce criminalization of homosexuality. <laughs> this again. The request was made at a Vatican meeting two days after the United Nations said Brunei was violating human rights by implementing Islamic laws that would allow death by stoning for adultery and homosexuality. Covered that last week. And about 50 lawyers and gay advocates met Cardinal Pietro Parolin, the Vatican's Secretary of State, and gave him a study on criminalization of homosexuality in the Caribbean. Uh, it's too funny. You guys know I've told you that story. I, I, I got that book in the closet of the Vatican, it, which is, I finished it. It Basically, like 80% of the Vatican is gay. Not all practicing, because many of them are old. But like a lot of these old guys, they like having like the young priests around them, and they're all just very gay together. <laughs> that's what the Vatican is. It's all been, that's the way it's always been. Isn't that crazy? I grew up I grew up in the Catholic Church and just realizing now what it really is oh man uh, tough to think about you guys all do the Airbnb I know you do I'm terrified of this I have been for a long time and every time one of these stories comes up it makes me even more a family from New Zealand arrived at an Airbnb in Ireland in Cork and after they arrived there, they discovered a hidden camera live streaming from the living room. <laughs> um, this is funny. Neely and Andrew Barker from New Zealand were in the midst of a 14-month trip around Europe. <laughs> Who can take 14 months off? And they got four children and niece with them? Was this guy some kind of baller? Some kind of genius rich guy? Well, maybe he is because Andrew Barker works in IT security, and he scanned the house's Wi-Fi network. Smart. And the scan unearthed a camera and subsequently a live feed. From the angle of the video, the family tracked the camera down concealed in what appeared to be a smoke alarm slash carbon monoxide detector. They called Airbnb to report the camera. <laughs> this is funny. They had no advice for us over the phone, said Neely Barker. The girl just said, if you cancel within 14 days, you won't get your money back. <laughs> yeah, call the media first, because I'm sure now they're bending over backwards to cooperate. So Andrew Barker called the owner of the property, and when confronted with the family discovery, he said, the host hung up. Later, he called back, insisting that the camera in the living room was the only one in the house. And he did not confirm whether he was recording the live stream or capturing audio. And so they tried to call Airbnb back again, and they didn't seem to like grasp like this, this was a serious issue. And Airbnb did not contact the family again. So the wife kept trying. She, gets, she keeps calling them back like two weeks later. And the company tells them that the host had been exonerated and the listing reinstated. 
It was only after she posted about the incident on Facebook and local New Zealand news stations reported her experience that the host was then permanently banned, and then Airbnb steps in. See, that's the good thing about social media right there. Wow. Dude, that is so creepy, man. A disabled United States Marine veteran has received a $250,000 settlement from the U.S. government after a national park ranger allegedly used excessive force to arrest him over the use of a handicapped parking space. Dominic Esquibel of San Diego, here in San Diego, he sued the Department of Interior and National Park Service for assault, false arrest, and false imprisonment over the 2012 incident at Sequoia National Park here in California. Now, Esquibel, wow, he received the Navy Cross for heroism during Operation Iraqi Freedom. And here's what happened. Esquibel and his family were visiting the park. As they entered the gate, a park employee asked him to wait at the entrance until traffic thinned out. He parked in a nearby handicap space so he could use the restroom while the line of traffic went down. He did place his handicap placard on his rear view mirror and began walking from his vehicle when the park employee at the entrance booth yelled at him, you can't park there. When he said he was disabled, the park employee replied, I can see that you're not, the lawsuit states. The park employee called a park ranger who arrived a short time later and began questioning him. So the ranger demanded that Esquibel show him a handicapped driver's license. He told the ranger he did not have or need one to drive his vehicle because he did not have any adaptive equipment. He offered to show the ranger the paperwork for the handicap placard, but the ranger was unwilling to listen. He ended up forcibly arresting Esquibel for failing to follow a lawful order. And then the charges were dropped in 2014. 2014? This happened, so this happened in 2012... It took two years to get the charges dropped, and only now is the lawsuit settled. What is, dude, I swear, everybody is a king, aren't they? I swear, people get so puffed up with their own self-importance if you let them just have a little bit of power. It's unbelievable. You could be a fucking schmo park ranger in the middle of nowhere, you know? Oh, but that's your guard booth, by God. And ain't nobody gonna lip off to me in my guard booth. Use your head, guys. Man, that I mean that's a that's a that's a bold hill to die on is demanding to see the disabled fucking combat veterans uh uh paperwork. Jeez, unbelievable. Bad stuff, guys. Come on, get it together. Uh my man, I will never I will never not share news about this guy if his name comes in the headlines. Come on, guys, who is it? Quick guesses. You know who I'm talking about. Former representative Anthony Weiner was ordered Friday to register as a sex offender as he nears the end of a 21-month prison sentence for having illicit online contact with a 15-year-old girl. Uh, he has been designated a Level 1 offender, meaning that he is thought to have a low risk of reoffending. <laughs> well, he reoffended in, you know, he reoffended during the documentary when they were filming him. I mean, if that isn't like impulse behavior, Remember, I told you guys, we watched that documentary, Wiener, about when he's running for mayor, and his campaign imploded while he was winning because he just couldn't fucking help himself, and he starts doing it again. So what do you mean he's not likely to repeat? He's doing it with the cameras on him. Too funny.
Uh, remember, he served nearly 12 years in Congress. He's due to be released May 14th, but still faces three years of court supervision. Uh, because of his low-level designation, his information will not show up in the state's online sex offender registry, hmm. but will be available via a toll-free telephone number. It's a strange, strange system they have there. I'm not going to go into the whole Anthony Weiner history. You guys all know it. Come on. Let's give you a quick Jussie Smollett update. <laughs> Dude, this is Jussie Smollett's lawyer now is firing back at the press. Remember, his lawyer is Mark Garagos, who is an unindicted coast conspirator along with Michael Avenatti with all his legal troubles, right? And Garagos was fired by CNN, even though he has not been charged. Well, he's saying to the city of Chicago, bring it on. And the... This comes because the police in the city of Chicago are vowing to pursue Jesse Smollett in court to force him to pay a fine of up to $390,000 for police overtime in the investigation of his fake hate crime. And Garagos told the city to go fuck themselves, basically. Um, he promised that if the city sues Smollett, Smollett will respond in kind. His, he wrote in a statement sent to the head of the city's law department, quote, your letter constitutes part of a course of conduct intended to harass and irreparably injure Mr. Smollett. As explained below, your letter is both factually and legally flawed, and Mr. Smollett will not be intimidated into paying the demanded sum, end quote. <laughs> and he even said if the city continues to pursue Smollett, his legal team promises to make things uncomfortable as possible for city officials, including outgoing Mayor Rahm Emanuel and Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson. Okay, well, bring it on. Bring it on. Let's fight it out in court. They better not buckle on this. I will be so friggin' pissed, you guys. I will be. I'll be so upset if they, if they cave on this shit. I mean, you have to have some kind of consequence, right? Uh, now, funnily, yeah, my man, Chris Rock, who I love, remember, he went to the NAACP Image Awards and recalled that Jussie Smollett was up for an Image Award at this same meeting. He did not attend. But Chris Rock was uh, a presenter, and Chris Rock had a little bit of fun at Jussie's expense. Let's uh, listen to Chris Rock here. Walking up to the... Uh Walking up to the podium here. Uh, I guess I gotta present an award. They said no Jesse Smollett jokes. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. What a waste of light skin, you know? <laughs> you know what I could do with that light skin? <laughs> that curly hair, my career would be out of here. I'm fucking running Hollywood. Um, yes, no, 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 just did. <laughs> what the hell was he thinking? <laughs> from now on, I ain't never gonna know just, you're Jesse from now on. You don't even get the you no more. <laughs> that you was respect. You ain't getting no respect from me. Good. Yeah, I love Chris Rock. Great American right there. 
Oh, man. The old Jesse. He's not giving up, though. <clears throat> How about another new study? You guys know I like the food studies, too. Well, researchers are saying that the so-called sugar rush is just a myth and that drinking soda or eating a favorite sugary snack to get a burst of energy may actually do the opposite. And 31 studies that included 1,259 participants, researchers sought to determine whether or not consuming products with various amounts and types of sugar could positively impact mood, including one's level of anger, alertness, depression, and fatigue. And they also tested whether or not a person could perform better on demanding physical or mental activities after consuming sugar for all you uh, exercise uh, or energy drink guys, right? They did find that the idea of this sugar rush or sudden burst of energy after consuming the foods was nothing more than a myth. In fact, participants were more likely to feel higher levels of weariness and were less alert an hour after enjoying the sugary treats. Yep. So forget about it. The energy drinks, it's all a scam. And you shouldn't be drinking that anyway. That goes like right to your gut, I'm telling you. Uh, let's talk about the Grand Canyon. That came in the news again today because you guessed it, yet another person has fallen off the edge of the Grand Canyon this week. That is the third death at the canyon since early last week. And I told you guys before about the Chinese national who fell. Well, this last Wednesday, they were able to find the body of a 67-year-old man about 400 feet below the rim. And the site of the fall is located on the south rim in Grand Canyon Village. Uh, so, remember, on March 26th, a body was found in a wooded area south of the Grand Canyon Village, away from the rim. And then two days after that was when that 50-year-old tourist from Hong Kong fell into the canyon while trying to take photos at Grand Canyon West. And that fall was at Eagle Point. Eagle Point is an area close to that famous Skywalk attraction. That's the thing. They have the glass uh, balcony out over the edge that you can walk onto. Yeah, well, you know, again, you guys, yeah, we could put up an ugly fence there, but that's stay away from the edge. How hard is this? Jeez, I don't know. Let's talk about, let's give you an update on the Navy SEAL, Ed Gallagher, who has been charged with murder in the stabbing of a teenage Iraqi war prisoner. Well, he has been moved from the brig to a less restrictive barracks Saturday. Uh, this is hours after President Donald Trump said he would help clear the way for the transfer. And Trump did tweet out about it that Special Operations Chief Edward Gallagher should not be held in the brig while he awaits trial on war crimes allegations because of his past service to the nation. And Gallagher's attorney, Phil Stackhouse, did confirm to NBC that he had been moved to the barracks at Marine Corps Air Station Miramar, about 15 minutes up the freeway from me. And his wife has been very active on social media. I saw them tweet out some family pictures. Uh, so... Remember that Ed Gallagher is being accused of fatally stabbing an Islamic State prisoner under his care in 2017 in what prosecutors say was a premeditated act. And NCIS Special Agent Joe Warpinski said during a hearing that a witness, a SEAL medic, told him that Gallagher walked up without saying anything at all and started stabbing the boy. Uh, so again, all of this is in dispute. I'm not taking a side either way. 
I don't know, because the two sides are so far apart. It's not like these little niggling details. Like, Ed Gallagher saying this is complete crap, none of this happened, and the prosecutor saying, well, we have a bunch of people saying that it did happen. So I don't know. I don't know. And they did have an update on the trial itself at the Navy Times. And they say that prosecutors moved to take a trio of holdout witnesses away from a Texas attorney who has been jockeying to win them immunity from future charges. In a motion filed Tuesday in San Diego, the chief prosecutor asked a military judge to investigate conflict of interest problems involving Brian Ferguson, who's an Air Force Reserve attorney, and the three SEAL petty officers he represents. Because these prosecutors believe that these three SEALs have information that can be used against both Special Special Warfare Operator Chief Gallagher and his platoon leader named Lieutenant Jacob Portier. And that was from that deployment in 2017. Uh, Remember, Portier has been charged with covering up Gallagher's misconduct. And both men say they are innocent and they demanded trial to clear their names. Hmm. Uh, The prosecutor says these three seals are vital to the investigation, so he wants them to talk. We'll see. I'm going to actually going to, I don't know if they, uh, I don't know if military trials, can you be a member of the public and just go watch? Because I would really love to go watch that. I mean, I can get on base as a retiree, so I'm just saying. I wouldn't mind going. Uh, The, I told you guys this is happening. The city of Chicago has elected a new mayor. This is Lori Lightfoot. And if you probably saw in every headline, the most important thing about her is that she is a black female and also the first openly gay person to hold the post. Okay? For, forget about her stance on the pensions, health care, illegal aliens, and all that. Okay, The only thing that matters, that's in every headline. Go look. She's a former federal prosecutor. Okay, uh, She did win quite easily, defeating Tony Preckwinkle. That's a good name who was also a black female. So either way, you were going to get a black female. I don't know if uh, Preckwinkle was uh, gay or not. And also, as I told you about the socialists running for city council, yep, they have at least five and possibly a sixth Democratic socialist who have won races for aldermen. That's a Chicago, that's a city councilman. So that's what you're going to get, Chicago. You're going to get a big SJW mayor and a a very, very leftist city council. So get ready for those taxes. And also get ready for them to let just about everyone out of jail. How about some firearms laws news? Yeah, I know. I was very excited last week, you guys, because you saw and heard here that the California judge had said that California's high-capacity magazine law was unconstitutional. Of course, I do not have any of those hate parts. Well, everybody wanted to rush out and buy high-cap mags. However, a federal judge yesterday has once again halted sales of high-capacity magazines in California, okay? So they were legal for like six days. He wanted to give state officials a chance to appeal his order last week. It's the same judge that allowed their sale in the first time in nearly 20 years. So this was U.S. District Court Roger uh, Judge Roger Benitez, 
So he said it's unconstitutional, and then six days later, he decides to make a stay on the selling of them anyway because the state wants to respond. Oh, this is great. The judge said those who bought the extended magazine since his initial order a week ago may keep them without fear of being prosecuted. So, guys, just remember, every high-capacity mag that you own, you bought last week, okay? Oh, where's the receipt? I don't know. I don't remember. I lost it. I paid cash, too. That's funny. They think that hundreds of thousands of gun owners may have bought the magazines since Benitez threw out the state's ban last week. <laughs> That's too funny, man. The gun owners. Yeah, you got right on that. I guarantee you, if you brought back some of the other stuff they're trying to ban, like a short barrel, because right now, uh, as far as a semi-automatic rifle, which technically you can't even have a semi-automatic rifle, but the barrel has to be a minimum of 16 inches long. So, yeah. Oh, okay, I'm, I misspoke. As far as I can tell, if I remember correctly, I, I, it's hard to keep a track of all the gun laws, you guys. You can have a semi-automatic rifle, but you cannot have, it cannot have uh, more than like two parts that are considered hateful, such as a collapsible stock or a magazine that can be removed easily. But the laws are very... And then they tried to just get rid of them altogether, but it's all tied up in the courts right now. Uh, the guy who sought the stay was none other than Attorney General Javier Becerra, this fucking guy. And he warned in court that it would be difficult for the state to remove the newly purchased magazines, even if the ban is reinstated. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Come and get them. You're not going to get shit. And that, that was... Cali wasn't the only one in charge. Um, the Pittsburgh City Council took a final vote Monday morning and passed a package of controversial gun laws introduced after last year's mass shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue, covered heavily here. Council members voted 6-3 to three to pass the bills, and they now head to Democratic Mayor Bill Peduto for his expected signature. This legislation will place restrictions on military-style assault rifles. It doesn't say in this story what those restrictions are. Thank you for no detail. Uh, but it does ban most uses of armor-piercing ammunition and high-capacity magazines. There it is again. And does allow the temporary seizure of guns from people who are determined to be a danger to themselves or others. I'm okay with that on paper. I just have a feeling that's going to be wildly abused. Uh, they do not, yeah, they just don't say what the gun, the actual restrictions and the actual rifle will be. Uh, Second Amendment activists have already made it known they are going to challenge this in court, pointing out that a state law does not allow municipalities to regulate firearms. Well, okay. <laughs> well, that's it, right? Is the case closed? Hmm. Uh, sadly, there was a gun-related incident on a Navy base. We had a naval base shooting earlier in the week, you probably saw. And one sailor is dead and another hurt after that shooting on Friday at Naval Air Station Oceana in Virginia Beach, uh, said the base's commanding officer. They said it was an isolated domestic incident in a hangar parking lot. A male sailor shot a female sailor several times. The woman was taken to Virginia Beach General Hospital, 
with injuries that are not life-threatening. And then naval police shot and killed the male sailor. Uh, They have not been identified pending notification of next of kin. The shooter had a single handgun. Officials are investigating how he got it on base. Well, they don't search like every car. It's impossible. You couldn't do that. You have thousands of people driving through the gate every day. You know, you do random searches. I mean, if you work there, you got a card. It's not hard to get stuff into a military base. You know, unless they go in like full lockdown, like after 9-11, you know, and then like that's a nightmare for everybody involved. I have an Ebola update for you, and the Democratic Republic of Congo's Ebola outbreak is spreading at its fastest rate yet. Uh, Eight months after it was first detected, says the World Health Organization. Each of the past two weeks has registered a record number of new cases, marking a sharp setback for efforts to respond to the second biggest outbreak ever, as militia violence and community resistance have impeded access to affected areas yeah you guys remember i I told you a couple weeks ago where they were trying to like basically they'd put tents up the aid workers but everybody who went into the tent had ebola and so they died and so all the locals know is that anybody who goes into that tent comes out dead (laughs) so they turned hostile on them now the number of cases i mean it's it's in context it's not huge Uh, The number of cases did hit a record of 57 in one week and then jumped to 72 last week. And more alarmingly to authorities, more than half of the Ebola deaths last week occurred outside of treatment centers, meaning there is a much greater chance they transmitted the virus to those around them. Yeah, well, that's no good. Uh, I I don't know, man. Stop handling the dead bodies of the Ebola patients, Congo, because it's just uh, it's not going to work out. Uh, you guys know I love a good race rant. Did you see the one, this gas station attendant who berated a customer for speaking Spanish? <laughs> Started asking her, questioning her, and asking her to prove her citizenship. It was caught on video. Um, I do like this, this. This gas station worker sounds like she's been drinking. Uh, to me. So let's hear uh, this little race rant. You guys know I love these. And I think that's great. Great. Good. You know what? Fuck you. Thank you. Are you happy about that? Yes, I am. Woo! Congratulations. You know what? I plan on quitting anyways. Quit? Quit. And it doesn't make no difference to you because you have a senata, you have your money, you can yeah. do whatever the fuck you want, yeah. right? But, because uh, you're not you know a United States citizen of the have, United States. I was born here. Well, show me. I don't have to bring my yeah, certificate. Well, so no, do I? no, I don't. Well, no, I don't either. I was born here. Oh, well, how I was do you born prove and it? raised here because I was Come born on, here. Prove it to me. You know what? Prove it to me, motherfucker. You I can what? prove it to you because I, am I gonna, have my You're an elderly it. lady. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm young. And- That's great. Prove it to me, motherfucker. And she's, she's is holding a cup. Uh, I think there's uh, something in that cup that's stronger than soda. Uh, this story is great, too. How about this? An Albanian national was arrested by the FBI at a Montana gun range. And he had talked about joining ISIS and carrying out 
a terrorist attack to avenge the New Zealand mosque shooting. Oh, this is fantastic. Uh, a guy named Fabjan Alametti, 21 years old, was arrested at this shooting range, right? And an FBI informant claimed Alamati bought marijuana and said he might die the next day. <laughs> he, he was first interviewed in 2018, so the FBI has been watching this guy for a long time, and the FBI claimed he later made pro-ISIS comments on Facebook. This last January, he allegedly spoke about plotting an attack against a United States military facility, a government building, a gay club, or a Jewish temple. And uh, they think this is because of that shooting at the New Zealand mosque. Now, it's alleged that he moved from the Bronx in New York to Montana because he could more easily obtain a weapon. Well, that's for sure. And he was seen browsing firearms at a pawn shop and Walmart before heading to a shooting range experience using an M1A rifle. Oh, yeah, those those will... Dude, you could do some damage with one of those. So, he was he was arrested at the gun range. That's where I want to... I want to see how that went on. Like, when they actually walked up to him. Oh, I see. Here's what happened. Yep, they... Th when So, when that federal informant recorded him saying that he wanted to shoot up a motel that he could get out of and that he could die the next day... He also said that he wanted to go to a gun range the following day and shoot a rifle that he had seen in a pawn shop. So, on Wednesday, he showed up at the firing range, paid $35 to rent an M1A rifle, and was arrested when he took possession of it at the, <laughs> at the gun range. Uh, that's pretty fun. I'm assuming the gun range was cooperating with the FBI who gave them a heads up ahead of time. Because otherwise, you know, what are you, the, what, don't tell me you're at the gun range and some guy named Fabjan Alametti walks up and is like, I would like to rent M1, do great damage. You, what, the gun range guy's going to be like, oh yeah, sure, here you go. Shit, 35 bucks is 35 bucks. Albanian national. Get him out of here. We don't need any of those people. Freaking Albanians. Unbelievable. How about some good news? This was great. Um, and I did tweet this out, of course, if the, <laughs> I don't know what it is with stripes, the, I don't know what it is with their website, you guys, it just doesn't want to ever load. Like something is blocking it from loading. I've never seen any, I don't know why I, I told them actually, I think I emailed them and I said, stripes, why is your website such a complete botch job? So... Um, I'm just going to quickly Google this guy to see if we can really get it. Okay, here we go. Much better. We'll go to, we'll go to a different uh, website. We'll go to military.com instead. Okay, how about that? Oh, look at that. Their website opens right up. Uh, a technical sergeant, Cam Kelsch, on April 9th, he will be awarded the Silver Star, the nation's third highest award for valor, for his heroic actions during a fateful firefight on April 25th of 2018, last year, in which he called in danger-close fire missions and kept fighting even after his body armor stopped around to his chest. Nice. In a rare recognition of extraordinary heroism, Kelsch will also be presented with the Bronze Star with Combat V device for his actions in a previous engagement in Afghanistan. This dude is just making it rain. 
Yeah, that happened. He was attached. So he was attached as a uh, TAC B, a, a JTAC, basically, with the Army's 75th Ranger Regiment. And they got into a firefight, and they were kind of pursuing a secondary mission against another target when they were ambushed in a complex ambush in well-covered positions. So they had an AC-130 overhead, but the tree canopy made it difficult to call in fire. Uh, so uh, Kelsch, who is a JTAC assigned to the 17th Special Tactics Squadron, 24th Special Operations Wing, uh, started taking care of business. And he began calling in those danger-close fire missions from the AC-130 that stretched the standard limits of danger-close missions. Not only did he drop a bunch of the 40 mic mic, he then started calling in the, uh, the big dog, the 105-millimeter howitzer. And danger close for the 105 is 190 meters, but they were only 60 meters away. That's how fucking close they were to that. <laughs> Damn, dude. Oh, crazy. And the body armor. Dude, you, hey, you know you're saving that body armor. That's going on a plaque somewhere. You know, the, the ceramic plate that stopped that round? For sure. That's outstanding. I'm telling you guys, the American military, best people we have. Absolutely, hands down. How are we doing on time? Okay, let's keep going. Uh, I also tweeted one, this one out. I, I love these bizarre stories. A 21-year-old woman from New York has been accused of faking her own kidnapping to get $75,000 from her parents in China. 21-year-old Yi Hao He sent photographs to her parents which showed her tied up nude as if she had been kidnapped. She allegedly asked them for $75,000 in ransom and they agreed to give 20000 <laughs> That's funny. The parents are bargaining it down. Like, nah, you're not really worth 75000 Well, the plan was foiled after the parents contacted Yi Hao's older sister, Ye Chu, who also lives in Manhattan. She called the cops, who then discovered that it was all a giant hoax. Um, the chick was initially charged by police with grand larceny, but the district attorney's office has decided not to pursue the case until they gather more information. Well, you have to have a penalty for fake, for calling in fake crimes, you guys. You have to have penalties for that. Man. <laughs> okay, more, more in the annals of you don't know what people are doing behind closed doors. You guys know I like to cover that. A Bronx high school science teacher, 41 years old, has been arrested for trading child porn on the dark web. Uh, 41-year-old Jonathan Schweitzer, an earth science teacher at Belmont Prep High School, is being arrested on federal child pornography charges for trading videos uh, showing boys engaged in sex acts with older men and with each other. <laughs> God, God, dude. Um, federal agents first learned of Schweitzer while investigating a child porn ring online. And according to law enforcement, the veteran educator was caught swapping these videos and he allegedly stored the pornographic content on his home computer and on his laptop. Uh, as a teacher, he never faced disciplinary action. Yeah, of course not. He's just going home and watching boys have sex with each other. Jeez. 
Oh, man. What? Oh, don't... Yeah, it, and guys, the phone isn't worth it, okay? It really isn't worth it. A woman has died after being struck by a rush hour subway train in Brooklyn. And you know why she died? Because she dropped her phone and she was trying to retrieve it from the tracks. This happened at 8.15 a.m. Oh, man, there's a picture of them hauling a body away. Brutal. Yep, a woman in her 30s or 40s may have dropped her cell phone on the tracks and was trying to retrieve it when she was struck by that oncoming train. Oh, wait a minute, not so fast. The Metropolitan Transportation Authority later stated that the woman appeared to have jumped in front of the train with the intention of taking her own life. Hmm. Okay, so there's some controversy. Some people said that she dropped the phone. Some people said she committed suicide. Well, either way, you're screwing up people's commutes, aren't you? I'm just, I, I don't want to be heartless about it, but that's what it is. So you end up doing. Remember not long, remember guys, like I think it was like a year ago when that guy stood on the edge of the I-5 freeway and the I-8 freeway? threatening to jump and it was for like fucking 12 hours and there's a huge standoff and like he fucked thousands of people that day on their commutes i'm just saying you know i have compassion i'm mr compassion frankly but i gotta get where i'm going okay i don't have time to fucking have you figure out your problems Uh, let's, how about some wildlife news? The world's first jaguar, born by artificial insemination, um, has been eaten by its mother. <laughs> so so that, that didn't work out. Just days after its birth. This was in Brazil, and they hailed this birth as a scientific breakthrough for the conservation of the species. Because they are an endangered species. Uh, they have rapidly diminishing numbers surviving in limited Amazonian territory where 90% of these animals are found. So the cub was born this year on February 16th, 104 days after the mother was inseminated. And she was born healthy and vigorous. And the adult female initially demonstrated excellent maternal care for the newborn. However, they then found the cub dead and it's determined that the mother killed her so that does happen in nature sometimes you guys know that very very sad oh what else <laughs> i'm so, god there's there's so many good ones you guys it's like hard to tell which ones i want to get to oh uh, this one is crazy this is bullshit a man accused of abandoning his pet fish is facing animal cruelty charges this is in north carolina in New Hanover County. <coughs> he, this guy was arrested after he allegedly failed to provide fresh water and food to his pet fish and abandoned it after he was evicted from his home last month. 53-year-old Michael Hinson was taken into custody and charged with three counts of misdemeanor cruelty to animals. And this is because they left behind an Oscar fish that was in poor health and swimming in a dirty tank. <laughs> There's some, they quote some guy in something called the fish room, where the fish is being nursed back to health. And he's saying, oh, these are great pets. They have huge personalities, says this nut job who works at the fish store. They don't. No, they don't. 
Anyway, it's a fish. You guys, this is animal hierarchy stuff. Fish, you don't get any animal hierarchy, okay? So he left it behind. So what? The guy's being evicted anyway. Oh, too funny. Uh, my man, Jeff Bezos, his divorce has been finalized. And Mackenzie Bezos announced on Twitter. I don't know why they announced this. Both him and his ex like put out statements on Twitter. I'm like, why do you do that? Anyway, they have completed the process of dissolving their marriage. She gives him 75% of the Amazon stock, along with voting control. And he will keep entirely the Washington Post and his aerospace company called Blue Origin. This settlement is going to leave her with $35.6 billion with a B in Amazon stock. Wow. She's still pretty good looking too. I'm just saying this is going to be this is she just like vaulted to the uh very catchable like milfy type chicks, you know what I mean? The settlement would make her the fourth fourth richest woman in the world. Uh she would rank behind Francois Myers, I don't know who that is. Alice Walton, of course, the Walmart family, and Jacqueline Mars, and that's from the Mars company. You know, they make Mars candy bars, among many, many, many other products. Wow, that's thirty. That's about uh, her shares represent about four percent of Amazon's outstanding common stock, making her the third biggest shareholder at the company, behind Jeff Bezos and Vanguard, the mutual fund company. He remains the richest person in the world, even after losing thirty-five billion dollars in Amazon stock. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Man, Bezos, dude. Think of how he started. There's still pictures of him like sitting in his little office when he started eBay, like sending books out to people. That's how he started, working through the night, man. Look at him now. Big respect, even though he was dumb enough to send out many dick pics of himself. Uh, this is one of these uh, stories where we get into the whole debate about how much you want to recognize one person's mental delusions a headline from the daily mirror in the uk reads man who never felt human now lives his life as a dog in a 2000 british pound fur suit like an outfit this this fucking nut is 37 years old named kaz james he lives in the uk he says he's never felt like a man. He eats his meals out of a dog bowl, wears a dog mask, and often barks at, licks, and bites friends. Oh, he has friends still? He claims that he's felt like a dog since childhood and says he always felt weird and unable to relate to others before finally allowing his pup persona to shine through in his late teens. Now, he is employed. He is a store manager. <laughs> Doesn't say what kind of store. And he's had help from an online pup play community. God, there's a community for everything. No matter how bizarre the kink, there's some fucking forum for it, isn't there? So he used this community to transition from part-time pooch to confident canine. I love the British tabloids. So yeah, it's showing him in his outfit. He's growling and barking at his friends. And he wears these fur and rubber suits. So I, I want to know, like, how is he making a living? 
Does he like? Because clearly he has to go to work. Okay, now here's a picture of him as I scroll down the story without all his, you know, accoutrement on. He looks like just a normal guy. And uh, I'm, I'm, God, could this story be any longer? I'm sorry, guys. This is part of doing a live recorded show. I'm just, I want to know how he like works because clearly he does work for a living. And. He enjoys putting these rubber suits on and going going outside and being walked the whole deal. He uh he says that the human pup scene exploded following the Channel 4 documentary Secret Life of the Human Pups. So it's not just him, dude. There's a whole community of these people. Okay, that's the end of the story. It does not say how he is able to cuz okay, so clearly he's normal for most of the day, the work day, right? He doesn't wear his outfit at work. Why would you entertain this guy's delusion? We're we're way too, we're getting way too permissive, you guys. Right, it's time to stop. Just say no. I, I would not be somebody like that's friend. I wouldn't. I'm sorry. Is that shallow of me? Uh, I don't know. Let's give you a Julian Assange update. British police have stationed armed officers outside the Ecuadorian embassy in London on Friday, yesterday, after tweets from WikiLeaks quoted what it said were high-level sources saying that founder Julian Assange could be kicked out of the building within hours to days. Now, they have some protesters outside, but it is quiet. Uh, British Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt says Assange is a free man and can leave the embassy whenever he chooses. So people are like, well, why do you have all these armed cops out here then? Uh, they just said uh, that's part of our procedure. They said that there is an active warrant for his arrest and that the police are obliged to execute that warrant should he leave the embassy. Now, remember that police withdrew that round-the-clock guard outside the embassy in October 2015 after doing it for more than three years in favor of what they called a more covert approach. Assange has not left that embassy since August of 2012. Can you imagine being trapped in a fucking building? It's coming on seven years, you guys. Because he fears if he steps off Ecuador's diplomatic soil, he will be arrested and extradited to America for publishing thousands of classified military and diplomatic cables through WikiLeaks. Now, Ecuador issued a statement late Thursday first saying they would not comment on what it called rumors or conjecture. Then later... They told the Associated Press that no decision had been taken to expel Assange from the embassy. Hmm. Yeah, he's going to get extradited. I can't even imagine having to stay in, in an embassy for seven years. Uh, that's just That sounds like hell to me. Uh, what else? Um, identical twins have both been ordered to pay child support after DNA tests have failed to determine who the baby's father is. Yeah, you guys know the old Maury Povich thing? You're not the father? Well, these two identical twins allegedly tricked women by impersonating each other so they could sleep with as many people as possible, and they both must pay maintenance for a child whose paternity could not be established. Okay, so the, these twins did what I always assumed all twins did, right? You know, the one guy picks up a chick, they bang, and then the brother just hops in there. <laughs> I guess how is she going to know? 
Well, it backfired because they impregnated one of them. And they did a DNA test. Clearly, they both have the same DNA. So, so far, they are refusing to uh, talk. They're refusing to say which one of them was the father in the mistaken belief that they would escape the payments. Um, oh, no, okay. After that, they did say each one blamed the other one. <laughs> uh, careful, twins. I know it sounds like a great scam on paper, but, you know. You gotta, you can't impregnate them because then you're screwed. Uh, British soldiers are in trouble because they've been shown shooting targets doing pistol practice, and the targets are of Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the British Member of Parliament. And footage has showed who's guys a little opsec. Why do you do this stuff? Take pictures. Of, don't. No pictures. No video. No pictures. No cameras. Nothing. A 25-second clip showed at least four service members firing handguns towards a large image of the British Labour leader standing at a podium displaying the party's logo. The soldiers drew their weapons and fired rapidly before stopping to reload as the camera zoomed in on bullet holes on Mr. Corbin's face. Yeah, it was. Some of you guys did comment, and I agree that the their their groups were pretty bad. I mean, it was it was a sidearm, but still. So then, one of the idiots decided to share the footage on Snapchat with the caption "quote happy with that" end quote, and then it got to the highest levels of the army. And a spokesperson said, "We are aware of a video circulating on social media. A full investigation has been launched. So congratulations, dumbos." <laughs> Guys, stop putting everything on the internet, okay? Uh, If you thought this was over with, no, it's still going on. The battle for Donald Trump's tax returns. Yeah, they still want them. And one of Donald Trump's attorneys recommended to the United States Treasury Department and the IRS that they not turn over to Congress the president's tax returns until the Justice Department can issue a formal opinion on whether House Democrats' request is legal. Because this comes on the heels of this demand by House Ways and Means Chairman Richard Neal for six years' worth of Trump's personal and business returns. And his lawyer is saying that this does not have a legitimate committee purpose, flouts fundamental constitutional constraints, and undermines IRS's ability to do its job fairly. They just think that, I don't, they they think this is really a winning issue, and I don't get why. Like, they already tried this. Remember Rachel Maddow, she came out and says, oh, we got a copy of the tax returns, and it showed that he paid millions of dollars in taxes, and everybody was like, okay, so what? So what? Because they think they're going to uncover criminal activity, and then they'll finally nail Drumpf. That's what this is all about. Again, we're going to get Drumpf. We're going to get him. That's it. All right, uh, a... (laughs) I know you guys know I like the sex teacher stories very much. Um, Let's, (laughs) I got to get to this one. And uh, 39-year-old Edna Longoria was arrested last Thursday for having an improper relationship with a 17-year-old boy in Mission, Texas, right? She is a health science teacher at Veterans Memorial High School. So, 
She turned herself into police last Thursday after a student notified school administrators of their alleged sexual relationship. Because he said he told the cops he had engaged in multiple sexual encounters with Longoria in a classroom at the school. So then investigators went to check it out, and they located multiple biological fluids from the classroom where the boy said the sexual encounters occurred. Oh, so this guy is just spraying it all over the room. And police also obtained texts and Snapchat messages between the pair that they described as inappropriate and contained material of a sexual nature. Uh, I have to say, she's not bad looking at all. This, this is not a crime. Come on. But they did do it at school. I mean, don't, don't do that. I don't know why. You, why would you do that? Oh, man. Yeah, don't do that, guys. Uh, there has been a lawsuit filed in the military. And... This is from a Muslim soldier who says her command sergeant major forced her to remove her hijab and she plans to file a lawsuit after her complaint was dismissed. Oh, who would have predicted that this would have been a giant pain in the ass? Cecilia Valdovinos, 26 years old, alleges that she was discriminated against when she was forced to remove her hijab in front of other soldiers at Fort Carson, Colorado. She did have approval for wearing the headscarf, okay? However, she claims she received a great deal of harassment for it, including from her command sergeant major. Uh, she, you know, this is funny, because you know who's representing her? That Military Religious Freedom Foundation. I've talked about them a few times. That's that lunatic who goes around trying to take down all of the POW tables. You guys have seen that in chow halls, you military guys, right? There's always a table set aside for POWs with an empty place setting, and controversially, a Bible or something is usually placed there. This dude has made it his life's work to eradicate that, but now he's going to go to bat for the chick with her weirdo fucking religious head guard. It is, and it is, okay? It's weird. I don't know what's so I don't know why people think it's so woke to wear a hijab. It is a sign of subjugation. Ask any Iranian chick. They don't the ones here in America, that's what kills me. The ones in the activists in Western countries all embrace the hijab as like some kind of, oh, I'm such a woke woman and a feminist. And the people who really are who are forced to wear them overseas, like get arrested for taking them off and think Western women are nuts. But yeah, um, he, she was granted approval to wear her hijab with her uniform in June of last year. Uh, and she's claiming she got called a terrorist and she got called ISIS. And she was allegedly forced to take down her hijab in front of others. And... What he apparently was doing is the, the first sergeant, or sergeant major, allegedly accused her of wearing her hair down under the hijab in violation of army regulation. This is weird. So he took it off to see if her hair underneath the hijab that you can't see anyway was in regs. Hmm. Now, she did make a complaint. A commander's inquiry found allegations against a senior NCO, that's the sergeant major, were unsubstantiated regarding discrimination against Sergeant Valdivinos, the Muslim soldier. The inquiry concluded that the senior non-commissioned officer did act appropriately by enforcing the proper wear of the hijab 
in compliance with Army regulations. So this fucking Sergeant Major knew about the regulation. And so they said he was well within his rights because she was probably fucked up in how she had her hair spilling out of it or something. Now, after her complaint was dismissed, she was demoted from sergeant to specialist, which, of course, is a pay cut. So the Military Religious Freedom Foundation is now planning... She's, they're defending her uh, choice to wear the hijab at work. I, she, this is why you shouldn't allow fucking uniform waivers for this stuff. You know what? If you want to wear a hijab, go wear a hijab. You don't get to do it in the U.S. military. How about that one? I can't remember the rule with the... I want to see the yarmulke. Can you wear a yarmulke? I thought they said you could not, and then I believe they did say you could. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, you guys. I'm plead guilty to that one. Uh, quick update on this one. Remember that Ohio substitute teacher who masturbated in front of his class, <laughs> and they made him take an IQ test, and allegedly it turned out he had like an IQ of seventy. And I said at the time, I'm sure he tanked that test on purpose, right? Trying to show like, oh, no, I'm a, I'm just fucking special needs, bro. That's what we do. We pull our penises out in front of small children. Anyway, I did the story on him a couple weeks back. Well, he is not going to jail. He is going to have no jail time. He was originally sentenced to 180 days in jail, but it was suspended in favor of probation. And recall that was in Ohio at Creekside Middle School in Fairfield. <laughs> and he was sitting behind a desk, and he was just fucking tugging one out. Oh, here it is. Yeah, Abraham, this guy's name was... Uh, how do you not have his... Oh, there it is, Tracy Abraham. Abraham's defense argued he was not competent to stand trial because of his low IQ, which the defense team said was 30 points lower than a high school graduate. Yeah, nice try. Well, apparently it worked. Like a sympathetic judge said, oh, yeah, this guy's fucking retarded. Yeah, I'll give him a, I'll just give him fucking probation. And he's lawyers. And speaking of touching oneself... This guy was arrested in Lamar. Where's Lamar? Uh, this guy said, I believe this is in Florida. The Lamar Ledger. I'm sorry, this is in Colorado. I misspoke. Finally, I found it in little tiny print. Uh, a Lamar man is being accused of sexually assaulting an at-risk student at a Southeastern Developmental Services home. Yeah, a worker there admitted to an investigator that he masturbated near a female resident and inappropriately touched her. Yikes. Uh, Daniel Lira is this guy's name. He's 29 years old, and he states he believes he is a sex addict and, quote, as a man, I have needs, end quote. So... He admits that a female resident was in the room with him at a time when he masturbated, and the complaint says he inserted his fingers into her vagina twice while cleaning the woman. He is accused of repeatedly sexually assaulting a wheelchair-bound resident of the facility between January and November of last year who reportedly suffers from cerebral palsy. Is this the same... Okay, I think this is all the same victim. Uh, this is poorly written again. It does not say. Oh, man. Yeah, this chick's poor woman has cerebral palsy. She's confined to a wheelchair already. 
they actually interviewed the female resident who said, quote, I think he raped me, but I'm not sure, end quote. She accused the guy of trying to have sex with her five times during an incident, but did not succeed. Oh, dude. Yeah, this is what's happening in all these homes. It's fucking grotesque. Terrible. Oh, I, I had this one in my stack of Darwin Awards, but I missed it somehow, so let me rectify that. An 18-year-old teen, he's from Israel, and he was on a two-month tour of the United States, was hiking through Yosemite National Park, and he plunged 800 feet to his death. And according to Daily Mail, he is said to have started climbing over a cliff edge, suspending himself by his arms to pose for photos. Uh, his grip began to slip and he called out for help. A number of tourists did run over and tried to hoist this kid named Tomer Frankfurter to safety, grabbing onto his arms and wrists, but they couldn't get a firm grip on his arms, which were slippery with sweat. So he slipped out of their grasp and fell 820 feet to the ground below. At least 259 people have died in selfie-related incidents between 2011 and 2017. Jeez. How many people ran over? You can't pick up a kid. He doesn't look like that big, even if his arms were sweaty. Ah, there's no upper body strength anymore. You can't fucking... You can't pick up a teenager, an 18-year-old? It says a number of tourists, so at least one. Man. I bet they feel pretty shitty. Think about that. You got the kid. You think you're going to be the big hero, and you can't fucking suck it up and get him back over the edge and he just falls right away from you yikes um okay here's one from india the medical oddity stories a man whose erection lasted two days developed gangrene and needed the tip of his penis amputated yeah this was published in a medical journal the extraordinary case of this anonymous 52 year old from india Doctors said the man first went to the hospital because he could not get rid of a, quote, painful and sustained erection, end quote. When medics drained the blood, they left a catheter in, and he quickly developed a black gangrene on the head of his penis. By the time he returned to the hospital, there was so much dead tissue, surgeons were left with no options but to amputate. He was treated at King George's Medical University in Lucknow. That's in New Delhi, or near New Delhi. So he had priaprism, right? That's the sustained erection. Uh, it says that he'd been suffering from it for 48 hours before going to a medical center. Now, priaprism is usually caused by like some sort of spinal injury. Um, okay, here, and... The National Health Service, the British National Health Service, states that priaprism can also be called by, caused by sickle cell disease or illegal or legal drugs or by taking Viagra. Uh, we're all thinking that's what it was, right? <laughs> I'm not, like, because otherwise, what would it be? The spinal injury or the sickle cell? No, I'm thinking this guy took a bunch of pills and then he had the fucking throbbing schlong. For two days, he was embarrassed about it. He kept thinking it would go down. It didn't, and then they screwed up. 
Yeah, the glands of his penis began to turn black once the penis began to become flaccid. <laughs> and they could not stop the gangrene. Ugh. <laughs> I'm terrified. Don't, don't, why do people keep messing with their penises? Just guys shouldn't do that. I got a bunch of random crime stories, too. I'm just going to read one of them. A Texas mother has died after she was allegedly stabbed to death in her own front yard by her male neighbor, who's said to have snapped during a late-night fight. Angelina Gailey, 58 years old, died on Wednesday evening. She was stabbed in the chest in her own front yard. Uh, this was in uh, East Houston, right? She did have alcohol in her system. They think this may have played a role in the incident after bottles could be seen in an upstairs window of the home. Uh, her kids said that his mom was never worried about her safety and not mentioned any problems with her neighbor on the top floor and indeed had even given him food at one point. The son says the man must have just snapped. Um, I, guess it, I guess, he said, it escalated to a point where the neighbor got extremely angry and he came down and stabbed my mom twice. Jesus. Man, this is why I don't leave the house, ever. I'm trying not to, anyway. Uh, well, I wanted to play this one, too. Uh, this was, I tweeted this one out. Guys, this is a big deal to me. You guys know I'm a big free speech guy, right? Big one. And I firmly believe that even if speech is harp harmful or hurtful or causes butthurt or hurt feelings or any kind of feelings, it doesn't matter. And the United States is, one, is the last bastion of free speech in the world. Many other countries have criminalized speech. And they would love to do it here. Shockingly, a member of the media actually suggested that we do it here. I don't know if you saw, but CNN has a reporter named Christiane Amanpour. She's been on the news. She's been on CNN for many, many years. She's kind of like their big foreign correspondent. Anyway, she's talking to James Comey in an interview. And she's asking him why he didn't do something about all that darn chanting during the 2016 election, right? You know, the lock her up. You guys know all the good ones. Build the wall, lock her up, right? And Christiane Anampour is so confused, and she's asking James Comey, but, you, but you're law enforcement. Why didn't you shut this down? Uh, I've got one, one question, because you just said lock her up, um, uh, or lock me up. Of course, lock her up was a feature of the 2016 um, Trump campaign. Do you, in retrospect wish that people like yourself, the head of the FBI, I mean, the people in charge of law and order had shut down that language, that it was dangerous potentially, that it could have created violence, that it's kind of hate speech. Should that have been allowed? That's not a role for government to play. The Thank beauty you. of this country is people can say what they want, even if it's misleading and, and it's demagoguery. The people who should have shut it down were Republicans who understand the rule of law and the values that they claim to stand for. Shame on them, but it wasn't a role for government to play. All right, thank you, James Comey. Former FBI director. Uh, okay, I thought she said something more. She didn't. Um, yeah, that's, it's scary how a fucking journalist would want that. Yeah, you can't stop it. Well, and, and I didn't know the second part of his answer was going to be that, where he said, oh, the, the Republicans should have shut it down. What are you, you going to do? You can't stop people from saying things, and you shouldn't anyway. You counter their speech with more speech. That's how it is, you guys. That's how I view it. I don't want people fired for this. And, and this isn't like exactly government censorship, so it's not exactly the same thing, but more in the broader context of people getting like fired for their speech and stuff like that. I've never called for anyone to be fired. 
because I wouldn't want anybody to be called for, for me to be fired. And I think it's uh, absurd. You know, I would I want people who say stupid shit to stick around because I like making fun of it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very good for the podcast. Uh, we had a little poll from 538. They wrote an article, just in case you're wondering, about Bernie Sanders and the black vote. Okay? Now, some black political activists very much dislike Bernie Sanders, okay? But... Polls suggest that black voters like Sanders in 2016 and like him now. Um, that's right. In the Gallup poll conducted at the beginning of 2016, 53% of black Democrats had a favorable view of Sanders, while only 16% had an unfavorable view. All right. And you can see that he remains fairly popular because a December 2018 poll found that 55% of black voters had a favorable view of Sanders, while 26% had an unfavorable view. So this is going to influence media coverage, says 538, they think, uh, because of the recent controversy with you know some of the uh, more liberal black activists uh, they don't like, uh, they, and there's been some anti-Semitic stuff thrown about. So this is going to be an interesting thing to watch. That's why I do the story. I'm curious to see how they all shape out. You know, you want to, if you think you're just going to get black people to vote for you because of the color of your skin, you're wrong. It's like, I, I, I bet Kamala Harris is banking that, you know, she's got the black vote in the bag. I wouldn't be so sure about that. Bernie's pretty popular. Uh, a white student had a racist prom proposal. For some reason, they put it they put it out on the internet. Two Arizona high school students are in trouble. They put up a poster mocking slavery to ask a girl to go to a dance. And it invited a female student to the Mountain View High School prom, and the sign read, quote, If I was black, I'd be picking cotton, but I'm white, so I'm picking you for prom. End quote. Um, now, this was posted on Instagram for some reason, and so now the entire community is in an uproar and calling for people to be uh, banned from the prom, banned from society, horsewhipped in the public square, the whole deal. That's great. Uh, there was this, I had a, there, I also have this clip of this kind of social media meltdown. Okay, this, this chick, she's in like high school, I think, and another student was wearing a MAGA hat. And you know I like the crying out of the MAGA hat. So they're in, they're in this high school. It looks like a high school. And you're going to hear a security guard come up to this female student who's quite agitated and try to calm her down as she's freaking out about it. So let's hear how this goes. Here's the security guard. What we're doing right now doesn't help the matter. You yelling and screaming and causing... And what he's doing is... Causing, do you know what that, what that hat symbolizes? I, I, do you I, know? I do know what the hat is. Oh, is I, do, I do know what, what you're talking it? about. What is it, sir? Then let me know. I'm not going to get into it with you on a political okay. thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Listen. Listen. No, you don't understand. This is deeper no, no. than that, bro. No, 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 no. Listen, don't tell me what I do and don't know. Oh. Don't tell me that. 
I'm not going to tell you what you do and don't know. God, so don't what do a the job. Same to me. So it's okay. I'm just telling you. If I wear a turban, turban, because I'm not going to wear a turban and I come in here, it's okay. Listen, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I admit. You can wear a turban. Let's all start wearing turbans and go to class. Let's see how long it's going to take them for them to come and attack us. Let's see. Okay, okay. All right. So you see, guys, see the hysteria? She actually believes that if they wear turbans, then there's going to be a bunch of people running up to attack them. And who's responsible for putting that into her head, I I ask you? Who's responsible? Could it be the fake news media with the fucking wild spreading of all the race hoaxes that I've documented over the last two years? Could it be their fault, probably? You think? Just a little? Ugh. I mentioned the injection sites earlier. Philadelphia is planning to open a supervised opioid injection facility despite a federal lawsuit. That's great. Yeah, they're going to try it. They've had a problem with the opioid epidemic in Philadelphia, and so they're trying the, uh, the libertarian thing. They want to provide a safe space where people can use illegal drugs while under supervision. Yep, so now they're in a legal fight with the feds. The Justice Department has sued the nonprofit Safe House, that's the name of the nonprofit, in February, arguing that opening the facility in Philadelphia would violate federal law. Uh, they likened the idea to a crack house. Federal officials say allowing the use of illicit drugs with impunity enables and exacerbates the intractable opioid problem. Now, Safe House are arguing in a court filing that innovative local action is the only thing that will help solve Philadelphia's opioid crisis and that ensuring users don't fatally overdose is an immediate public need. Uh, Philadelphia is home to one of the nation's largest open-air drug markets and much of the heroin sold there is now laced with fentanyl, powerful synthetic opioid that has killed tens of thousands of users in recent years. Uh, Safehouse said in court papers that more than 2,300 Philadelphians have died of opioid overdoses in the past two years. All right, can, can, I, can I be a dickhead here? Uh, you guys, I'm sorry that that happened, okay? Just like I'm sorry for many terrible things that happen to people who make conscious choices in life. Uh, what are you going to do? Do you think those 2,000 people who died of those overdoses, were they like functioning members of society, do you think? I would just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just guessing that almost all of them were street junkies. And I've asked you before, okay, let's take your argument seriously for the, for the supervised injection place, right? So where's the liability going to come from that? So now are, who's going to be liable for the quality of the drugs? I've made this argument before. So you're going to open a safe house where people can come in and shoot heroin, right? Okay, so what if one of them immediately dies because their heroin's filled with fentanyl? I guarantee you guys, the next step on that would be the safe house screening the drugs for them, if not providing them with the drugs. That's the only way to prove that it would be safe, right? I'm telling you, I think five, I think five steps ahead, you guys, okay? Nobody's on my level. I keep trying to tell you. Two and a half hours live every week? Kidding me? Come on. I'm seeing it. I see in five dimensions. I don't know how you do that. But you guys know what I mean. I'm like uh, praying mantis. Don't they see in five dimensions? Something like that? 
Uh, more on the diet issue. Millions of people are dying around the world from poor diets, often packed with sodium and lacking in whole grains and fruits. The peer-reviewed global burden of disease analysis published in the Lancet, that's the famous medical journal, suggested one in five deaths are linked to unhealthy habits. People did not consume enough nuts, seeds, milk, and whole grains. Instead, they consumed too much processed meat, sodium, and sugary drinks. Yeah, you know, I use that, guys, because I I think I told some of you this, but I'm kind of on the, I, I decided to really try to stick to a diet for the first time in a long time while at home. And I can already see, like, a huge difference. It's been, like, seven days. So I cut out all beer. That's gone. I'm not going to not drink. Okay, that's obviously the best option. But I'm not going to not, I'm not going to not drink. Let's fucking be realistic here. Uh, but no beer, okay? Instead, I'll do, like, vodka soda and only, like, one or two. Just keep it moderate. Uh, in addition, I've cut out like all sugar and pastries, no bread of any kind. Um, I am eating carbs, so I'm not like keto. I am eating carbs because I'm working out a lot too. You need carbs if you're working out and putting on muscle. So I'm eating like, but you try to get all your carbs from like vegetables. I make my own beans and I make my own quinoa. And those are good carb sources that are also healthy. And then everything else is just meat and a piece of fruit every once in a while. I got, it's really not that hard. <laughs> if you have the discipline, I guarantee you if you did that diet, after like six days, I can tell you, I'm missing a good, a good chunk of flab that I could have grasped in my hand a week ago is now gone. I mean, you guys, I got the summer shred. It's coming up. It's going to be summer here. I'm not wearing a shirt for like the next three months. I got to fucking look operator ready, okay, at all times. I got to look the part. You know, we got the big beach event coming up next week. I got to intimidate the fuck out of these little kids coming. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, you want, and I'm telling you, that's what it is. It's a lot of empty calories. And then at the, at the end of the day, it's all calories in, calories out. In other words, if you need to lose weight, you have got to burn more calories than you take in. End of story. Unless you do that, it doesn't matter what the fuck you eat. You'll never lose weight. Just take it from me. So watch the diets. Let's tighten it up. I want to see beach bodies this summer. You know, I don't want to see fucking flabby guts from all you tourists. I know I will. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, I had a couple Supreme Court stories I wanted to get to. The closely divided Supreme Court ruled that a death row inmate with a rare medical condition is not entitled to an alternative method of execution just because the one the state uses could cause him several minutes of pain and suffering. In a 5-4 to four decision, the, the Supreme Court ruled against the Missouri death row inmate Russell Bucklew, who had asked the state to use a different method of executing him. He claimed that because of his medical condition, using lethal injection could cause him cruel and unusual punishment, which, of course, is barred by the U.S. Constitution's Eighth Amendment. So, Neil Gorsuch, Chief uh, Justice, not Chief Justice, I'm sorry, newest Justice Neil Gorsuch, writing for the majority, noted that Bucklew had been on death row for more than 20 years, and he said the state and the victims of the crime are entitled to timely enforcement of the death penalty. Good. Yeah, a little bit about this guy. He was convicted of murder, kidnapping, and rape. He was scheduled to be executed in 2014 before his case made it to the Supreme Court. And where's his fucking made-up condition that he has? Uh, I'm just kind of 
going. He says he has, are you kidding me, NPR? How do you fucking not have that in this story? No, they don't. Um, okay, so they're claiming that he's got some kind of uh, sores on his arms, and that like if you tried to inject him, it would be like agonizing, which I don't fucking believe for a minute. Mind-bogglingly enough, guys, I wish I could give you more detail on that, but NPR chose not to put that in their story. They say in the first sentence he's suffering from a rare medical condition, and they don't write what the medical condition is. You guys see what I'm up against here? Every week with this nonsense. Man, fire it up. And that wasn't the only death penalty case that fucking they botched. I'm sorry, not death penalty case. That wasn't the only thing that the uh, Supreme Court had on their docket either. The uh, Trump administration's plans to add a contested citizenship question to the 2020 census have also suffered a major blow in the courts. Uh, This is a third federal judge. This is not the Supreme Court. This is going to go to the Supreme Court, I should have said. A third federal judge has found the decision to include this question on forms for the census to be unlawful. This is the question, quote, is this person a citizen of the United States, end quote. That's it. So they're freaking out about this, and this is hard to believe, you guys, but basically this judge is saying that the United States is not allowed to count how many citizens it has in this country. you believe this shit? And uh, they said, District Judge George Hazel, quote, the unreasonableness of defendants' addition of a citizenship question to the census is underscored by the lack of any genuine need for the citizenship question, end quote. Well, why, why does he get to decide if that's important or not? The fucking president and the White House and their administration, who won the election, not you, judge, say they want to know. So why is it, why is it that some judge, I, don't, I do not understand our system, you guys. Yes, I'll take the victory on one judge. I know I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite because I was like, oh, that judge said the high-capacity mag is okay. I know I'm doing but I, that's the system we live in, which I think is dumb. I don't think a federal judge should be able to impose nationwide injunctions on shit. Maybe for your district, maybe. But for the whole country, it's stupid. And they keep saying that this question, uh, to the, the process to add the question violated administrative law. Man, it's unbelievable. Obama never got accused of violating administrative law. Isn't that incredible? Not one time. All the shit he did. <laughs> Not one time. Ugh. Too funny. Did you see this guy who claimed he was the long-missing child? That was in the news? Yeah, this was pretty wild. Uh, A guy named Brian Rinney is in police custody awaiting charges. He's 23 years old. He claimed he was a missing boy, a 14-year-old boy, named Timothy Pitson. And this guy, Rini, walked up to a woman in a parking lot in Kentucky and claimed he was this kid, Timothy, who vanished in 2011 after his mother's suicide. So the woman calls the cops. The FBI gets involved. They run a DNA test, which proved that he was not the boy. (laughs) So this guy is just some head case. And now the brother of Rini is apologizing to uh, Timothy's family because obviously the family, you know, they hear, oh my God, this is our boy. He's alive. 
uh, and he was not. This brother says they are estranged. They have not spoken for four years. He says he has no idea why his brother lied and did not know how he even knew about the case because uh, he himself had never even heard of this case until this week. And I follow the news closely. I had never heard of this case. This guy, Brian Rooney, was uh, he was often in jail as a teenager and has a history of mental health problems. God, what a psycho, dude. That's sad for the family. I wonder what happened to that kid. You guys ever Google, uh, go on Wikipedia and go over the list of vanished people? They have a whole list. It's fascinating. Just like people who disappear and they've never found them dead or alive. Yeah, they have a whole list of it on Wikipedia. I encourage you. It's uh, I, I, I got sunk in there. I went down the rabbit hole on that one night, and I didn't come up for error for like four hours. All right, running out of time. Let's uh, just go hit some quick headlines here. Guys, who is Rachel Dolezal? Does that name ring a bell? That is the racial fraud. Remember, she's the white woman who claimed to be black? Well, she has finally settled her welfare fraud case. Uh, yeah. And she's also, oh, I forgot, she's also a, form, a former NAACP leader. And she pretended to be black. Uh, now, she, oh, this is funny. She legally changed her name to Nekechi Diallo in 2016, a very African-sounding name. What a fucking nutcase. Court documents alleged that she illegally received $8,747 in food assistance and $100 in child care assistance from August 2015 through November 2017. An investigation was launched when a state official received information that Dolezal had written her autobiography called In Full Color, Finding My Place in a Black and White World. So an investigator with the Department of Social and Health Services decided to review her records and found out that she had been reporting that her sole source of income was $300 a month in gifts from friends. So they found, but then they were like, well, is she getting paid for this book? Well, yes. The investigators learned that a typical book contract with this sort of publisher would include payments of $10,000 and $20,000 at advances as advances against later royalties. This chick was a complete fraud. She's also obtained a business license under multiple trade names and deposited some $84,000 into her bank account without reporting it. Man, pretending to be a black woman is the least of this fucking nutcase's problems. Uh, a man threw water balloons at Trump supporters outside a rally, has pled guilty to a misdemeanor, but says he might do it again. Yeah. 20-year-old Robert Truax was arrested after Trump's March 28th rally in Michigan just a week ago. And he was charged after he chucked water balloons at the Trump supporters. That's funny. Outside the arena, of course. And, oh, of course he did. He had the stunt recorded and posted the clip to his YouTube page. Wow, you're so woke, bro. Yeah, I got to get those likes. That's a good way to get likes. This one is cool, too. A skull recovered in Michigan has been identified of that of a beheading victim who was killed along with his pregnant girlfriend in 2014 after meeting a man off Craigslist in a sex-for-cash deal. Authorities say Charles Openier, 25 years old, was identified by his dental records. 
and his skull was found on private property in northern Kent County nearly five years after he was murdered. Uh, Signs of trauma to the skull indicate he was likely killed by a gunshot. And they did say it did not appear that the skull had been left there recently, so it's been there a long time. It was discovered by a farmer in woods in somewhere called uh, Alpine Township. His decapitated body had been found more than 17 miles away nearly five years earlier, but they had never found the head until now. Wow. (coughs) His, uh, excuse me. He had been killed by Brady Ostrike, 31 years old, who had met up with Open Ear on July 12th, and his girlfriend, Brooke Slocum, 18 years old, who was eight months pregnant to exchange sex for cash. They had communicated via Craigslist. Yikes, dude. Slocum was kidnapped by Ostrike and subjected to five days of torture in his home. Video footage was recovered from Ostrike's home, so he filmed himself doing this. And police reports indicated Slocum was repeatedly assaulted and tortured. Wow. Ostrike also put a chain around her neck that was bolted to a bathroom floor, and her arms were attached to a pulley system suspended from the ceiling. Jeez, she died of strangulation. Oh, what a psycho. So he had like this, he did, he had like the full on sex dungeon in his house. Man, you don't know what people are doing, do you? Um, a married Florida firefighter, 46, is one of four men arrested in prostitution sting after trying to solicit sex acts. <laughs> this was a, a member of Tampa Fire Rescue. Oh boy. Yep, he tried to solicit a prostitute online, and you know how that goes. Did, wait a minute, was it, was this in, uh, oh wait, this might have been in real life. Yeah, he did. He was arrested, he tried to solicit sex acts from an undercover officer while he was in uniform. <laughs> Good life decision, bro. Oh man. I don't know what, guys, it's not worth it, okay? Especially if you're like a civil servant, it's definitely not worth it. Uh, A cold case has appeared to have been solved. A suspected serial rapist has been arrested in South Carolina over 13 attacks on 12 women during an eight-year period. Gregory Fry was taken into custody over the more than a dozen attacks, the first being 24 years ago, after investigators linked DNA evidence to the suspect. Oh, wow. This was all near Spartanburg County in... This is like in, uh, and they're like apartment complexes, like nice ones, apparently. And they think there's going to be even more suspects. That's crazy. They don't say, uh, they just say new technology and forensic testing led to DNA matches linking the suspect to the attacks. So serial rapist solved. Good job, boys. And I got a lot of other ones, but let's go to, so I, I had the two guys, the two fucking idiots who shot each other with the bulletproof vest. <laughs> A lot of you guys sent me that one, but forget about them. Let's go to the two, uh, my two, my two big ones here at the end. For one, a 36-year-old British police officer decided to have sex with a 17-year-old boy in his police car while on duty after driving him to a secluded parking garage outside a country mansion. This is police officer Mark Martin, 36 years old, and as the son writes. 
he enjoyed a gay romp in his patrol car with a 17-year-old. So, yeah, it sounds like he just walked up to this dude. Yeah, he offered the teenage boy a ride in his police car. And then they drove to a secluded parking garage where the two engaged in consensual gay sex. All right. Okay, very good. Uh, I don't think the police department likes too much their cops having sex, whether it's consensual or not, in patrol cars. And then finally, for our last story, you guys, three men have died after having a foursome with a woman at a hostel in Nigeria. <laughs> That's right. Three men believed to be students at the Federal University of Technology were found dead after allegedly engaging in an orgy in that Nigerian state of Emo. And they suspect they were all using drugs. Yeah, no kidding. At the time of the incident. Uh, they did find Indian hemp and tramadol. Tramadol is like a, an opiate painkiller. So that's probably what it was. And so, yes, uh, two of them were found dead at the scene. One guy lingered. And the girl is alive. And that her condition is stable. So these guys were all fucking partying. And then the three guys, they're having a four-way as you're going to do. You're going to use drugs at the four-way, naturally. You need to fucking keep going. And these three dudes all fucking die, and the chick lives. How about that? Guys, that's the world we fucking live in. That's it. I'm done. There goes the iPad. Uh, thanks, guys. Don't forget, next week, Friday, Friday night is going to be the next podcast. Look forward to my Saturday event with SOCOM Athlete. Uh, really, hey, guys, shout out to you, my Patreon contributors. I've had a couple new ones. Can't thank you enough. Go on Patreon.com and look for BK Actual. And make a pledge to support the podcast. That's really the reason I keep doing this is because uh, you guys reaching out, making pledges, keep it going. And I'm going to keep going. So that will do it for me. I'm going to get out of here and enjoy this beautiful San Diego day. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. County jail fade. You can pull my foul yourself. Spot rays, swallow rocks. I'm getting high myself. Nah. Damn right, I like the life I built. I'm from West Side 60. Shit, I might got killed. Standing so tall, they think I might got stills. Legendary baller like Mike, like Will. 96 Impala, thug life on wheels. Up against the wall, squabble at Fox Hills.